Okay, episode 17, and it's with Mike Locke from Meadows. He's a bassist, and he's also based in Sitio Pero. He's also the Duke in Marmaduke Duke. This was definitely the funniest episode I've done so far, and we recorded it in a smoking goat in air in a pub, and Mike helped get everything set up, uh, with booking, etc. Just very, very helpful. Really, really lovely to chat to. Uh, like I said, definitely the funniest. It's got some cool stories in it that a lot of fans of Duke will enjoy and such. And yeah, if anyone's got any old Marmaduke Duke or Suchio Pero merch that they don't want, please like let me know and I'll buy it off you. Unfortunately, I was a couple of years behind for that kind of stuff. So if you don't want it, let me know. Massive thank you to anyone who listens to this. It really does mean the world to me. Episodes like this are why I keep doing it. It really was a great conversation. I wish I had longer to record but we were on a time schedule so it doesn't really matter but it was just brilliant it really really was a, a fun one to do and david rossi we know you'll be listening to this so please please get that old footage sorted out we all want to see the old duke videos and situ videos so yeah thank you anyone like i said anyone who listens thank you it means the world and please enjoy this and if you've got time to rate the podcast and give it a wee follow on Instagram or something or Spotify, that means the world. So episode seventeen of a Mike Log. No, sure keep not. it keep it clean for the kiddies. Nah, like that's not what that's not the name of this. Um, <laughs> okay. It's annoying because like you get demonetized after like if you if you swear in the first five minutes, that's you down to the like the Spotify just won't recommend you to anybody and like right. so like every episode I swear like in the intro like I'm not <laughs> meaning it's just fucking like Tourette's that come on eh? right, okay. shit, so right recording Mike Log thank you so much for doing this man this is quite a cool one for me hello uh, how we doing good man thank you for having good. me. Gutted. I wish we'd done this like a month ago. Mind I said I got an operation? Yes. I had the most perfect moustache. Oh, did you? And this could have been a very moustache heavy too. We could have been velcroed together. Exactly. Exactly. But fucked it. So. Yeah, oh well. uh, Next time. (laughs) Next time. (laughs) So, how do we know each other? We. Well, I. How do you know of me to have asked me? I like your music. Right. Well, yeah, I. um, some of the in things 20, I've been involved in. In 2014, uh-huh. you guys supported Twin Atlantic oh, yeah. in Edinburgh. Yeah. And you just came on, and what struck me the most, right? The event that was your first gig. Yeah. Uh, as a full electric band. Yeah. Something fucked up, I can't remember, but me and my friend, to like pass the time, Started singing Year 3000 by Busted. Oh, I remember it went, that. Was went, that you? Yeah, yeah, me and my pal. <laughs> it went, and it went really, really well. And then you just had a, you all just had a laugh with it. And I then, think Dragon started playing the guitar a lot. <laughs> I think Fergus. I think Fergus had some playback problem. Yeah, I think that was it. And yeah, then yeah. Dragon just started playing it along. I remember you, it. You'd done a bunch of, a bunch of, well, a couple of acoustic shows beforehand, but that was like your first proper one. Yeah. And then I seen you like the night after or two nights later than Dundee. Uh, and just thought you were brilliant again. And I met Dragon and Marianne right. after the gig. I had no idea who Dragon was. Like I liked Duke. I, right, liked, okay. no, I liked Silhouettes at the time in Kid Gloves. I, liked, I knew those two songs. Um, and then... Oh, feedback. Um, Clickety-clickety. Affearance again. Uh, Sorry, where were we? Dundee. Right, okay. Dundee. So I I had heard, obviously, uh, I knew like Kid Gloves and Silhouettes. Got talking to Dragon after... And somebody was like, oh yeah, he's in that band with fucking Simon Neal. 
and then at the gig, I got his plectrum. One of those Jägermeister black plectrums oh, that yeah. said Suit Your Pero on the back of it. Yeah, I've still got some of I was like, what's Suit Your Pero? So there's a band. So when I got home, I listened to River of Blood. That was like the first one that came up. All right, okay. And then I just got into the black hole off. Right. Well, that was, after, that was after my that, time. That was, right. Yeah, well. So not as good a tune, obviously. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Um, so I ended up, yeah, going back through the back catalogue, and then I came to see Meadows again. They did the King Tuts. Oh, yeah. Okay, did that, right. Went to that gig, and, it was really, and then I just really, really enjoyed watching that band live, uh, Meadows, and then I just got deeper into the Sucho catalogue. Obviously, you were in the first three EPs and the, yeah. the album, and then got more into Marmaduke Duke and I realised I couldn't stand there on stage it was just trying to fish chiming at the crowd every night it was you yeah yeah so yeah. Yeah, security exactly security yeah, just security, security, security and drag so, so, yeah spandex silver span, spandex yeah. security yeah, so a we, very strange time we actually met in King Tuts I remember me and my infinite wisdom at like 18 year old you had tweeted a photo of a name and I was like, they named the CD. The, oh, right, yeah. okay. And I was like, can I buy that off you? And you're like, ah, maybe one day. Right, so I okay. spoke to you in King Tuts. I was like, he's like, he's not going to sell it. But I was like, Are you got that EP? I'd love, I'd love to buy it off you. And you're like, aye. Just like fucking playing all in the game and that. And then obviously you look back and I'm like, of course you're not going to fucking sell it. <laughs> fucking muffet. I know, I wish I'd so. bought a few more. I, wish, I remember buying that in Fop in Glasgow. When really? It was in a, oh, you, I, I mean, you said something about You told me about you had like the original poster or something. Yeah, I've still it. got it. Do I'm you? Standing on top, uh, wow, that's yeah, I'm standing on top of a camper van, a VW camper van. And it was up in uh, the powerhouse, strangely. Oh, really? Yeah, because I think I put them on there for like some festival thing, like September or something. I'd put them on a couple of times. I put yeah. them on at Bobby's. I put them on in Charlie's, which then was the Lai Cheese Chinese restaurant in there. Aye. So I, they were about 18. I was working at a bar. And then I just kind of got into music. I got, that's when I started getting into the music, yeah. really. Simon had basically, his friend had left Belmont House. I think his parents had been divorced and they couldn't afford to send him there anymore. So he came to Kyle's friend, Chris. Chrissy Roy with bleached blonde hair at the side and maroon yeah. hair at the top. Yeah. And I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> who is this guy? And he, in the common room one day, he put on a tape that had screwfish on it. And it was, wow, right. that only, yeah, it was the yeah. first Biffy recorded yeah. in uh, Ben and James's garage in Kilmarnock. It's got the like cul-de-sac and all that. And all it. that yeah. stuff, yeah. And it was it was brilliant. And uh, I remember just going, I can't believe people my age can write and record their own this songs. Stuff, I yeah. can't. Be, I don't know that that was even a thing you could yeah. do. Yeah. You know, I still listen to like my mum and dad's record collection, which was great. You know, it was like Eagles and Beatles. Well, and so how old are you again? Forty-three. Forty-three. Right. Yeah, okay. So 43. you were like. Coming into cassettes and t- uh, CDs and that vinyl oh. was kind of made his way at the door. Yeah, well, I think I was. Well, I would have been 1996, 97. I think I was seven. I think I was seven. Just turned 17 because I remember driving up to like a couple of Biffy's first gigs in like K Park Tavern and Kelly, right. and going up to Tuts and there was like three of us watching because we were this guy Chris. Yeah, so. yeah. So it was us at the start, and then every week it was just like another three, and then it would be six more, yeah, and then yeah. twelve more. You know, it would just double multiply, and double, yeah, and then yeah. multiply until you were ended up like Tuts was sold out within a few months, and really? then they just went to the QMU, and then they went up to the Barras, and then it was like, oh, cool, this is awesome, are. this and is awesome. Are, yeah. But they've just built that great, you know, they've got that great strange following. They've never been like a big singles band or right up the top of the charts, but then the headline 
download and reading and leads. Yeah, and they've got diversity about them. I mean, a lot of folk weren't happy about the download shit, but I mean, I mean, their folk fans are, never are so happy. hardcore, man. So I yeah. mean, well, once you're into them, you're a ma- you're a big fan. You know, you yeah. follow everything they did. You fo- you know, you go into everything. It's not just they're not just like a band you casually kind of yeah. get into. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, which I thought was great, and they did that slow build thing, but um, it just kind of inspired me to kind of go. Well, that's a thing I can do, and yeah. then I start. Simon would listen to so many albums and get everything out of Kerrang. He would just go, "There's an album review. I like the Kurt Case. He'd buy it. He'd go through about ten of them, and then hand me something like Jimmy Eat World Clarity, and oh. I'd be like, "That's the best thing I've ever heard." When I was like eighteen, you yeah, know, and I'd yeah. always been listening to like the Doors and stuff before it. And yeah. I'm like, I that for your parents' collection, I take it. Yeah. And I, what, um, so you, Ayrshire, Ayrshire, born and bred. I was born in Durham. Durham. Uh, uh, yeah, Pink Panther country. Yeah, Durham, Durham. And then I lived, I was only there for about three months, and then we went, my dad got a job with a company called Digital, and we moved to Ireland and lived in Galway until I was three and a half, and then when I was three and a half years, we moved to, like, the scheme in Alloway, <laughs> which isn't a scheme at all, but at the time it was like a new housing development. Yeah. So we moved up there, and then I've just been here ever since, yeah. I kind of obviously went, did a bit of uni, toured a lot as well, so I just kind of cut about. It was the same as Simon, really. It's like when you're away all the time, what's the point in getting, you know, if it's an hour from Glasgow and everything, I love being near the beach and stuff yeah. like that. And It's not like quite city centre, like, but you've got it there if you need I've it. I've got it there if I need yeah. it and I was just like happy at home, I like my family and seeing my mum and dad and stuff yeah, like that yeah. and I just kind of did my wee hangman and at the weekends would go out and be mental and do Marmaduke Duke <laughs> and Sitchio and things like that. What, um, so obviously Simon getting your records when you are younger, was there anything... With like pre, have you, have you been for pals with Simon for years? I think. Yeah, since we, well, since when I went to watch them at K Park Tavern. So like before that, what was like the records you were given and listening to? Oh uh, well, Radiohead. Brought my brother did a lot of it. Actually, we used to get like the Britannia CD catalog, which was a catalog that got posted through your door, like an Argos catalog, and you would choose. Yeah. And you kind of paid a subscription, mum and dad paid the subscription. You could choose two CDs every. I think it was a month or something. So my brother, I think he got Cypress Hill once and I got Radiohead and then we'd swap and then the next week he'd have got Ben Folds 5 and I'd never heard of them, you know, and then I'd have got something Did you like... share a room at the time? No, 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 right. no, no That's the kind of brotherly thing kind yeah. of back then, like one had a record player and you shared a room and I was like fighting over who was fucking playing it like. Oh, we'd just be like a volume battle from yeah, my, yeah, my, yeah, my, from my yeah. bedroom to his bedroom. That's but mean. I mean, it was a, that was quite a big influence on me, what my brother used to listen to. Like, I mean, I heard like... Uh, Counting Crows and things like that. My brother had bought like August and everything after. Yeah. And then the first time I stayed over at Simon's house when I was about 17, he, uh, <laughs> this is literal, not actually, he didn't give me a tongue sandwich, but he literally made me a sandwich with tongue in it. And uh, it, was a midnight, it was a midnight munchie, like ox tongue. I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. He's like, oh, it's great. And I was like, that's so weird. But I remember staying at his house eating a, eating a tongue sandwich whilst he was trying to do... Sit- well, I'm going to edit the suit so there's no explanation there <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, so then we became lovers and that was it. No, and, um, and so then he was practising, like, doing harmonies to uh, Count and Crows and, and I was just, like, lying, trying to fall asleep at the bottom of his bed, like, listening to, listening to him, going, this is great. Like, just being around music, it was the first time... I knew that even if I wasn't in a band, I just wanted to be around music. I just wanted to be involved around creative people. That's kind of how I wanted to do it, you know. So what was your kind of 
into the scene, like, so you started going to Tuts when you were younger, I take it. What was your first gig, actually? Was there anything? Oh, I went to see Sleeper, who were a um, kind of indie band, because I fancied the lead singer. Um, she was brilliant. Uh, and when I was 15, I went to the Barrowlands with my uh, school friend called wow. Tom. Um, first gig at the Barrows. First gig Class. was at the Barrows. It was good. And then I kind of didn't go too much after that. I went to see Shed 7 at a free gig. Uh, um, see, this is when I had my mum and dad's music collection. You know, it was all indie and stuff. <laughs> and then I went to see Shed 7 uh, at a free gig at Glasgow um, at George Square. Mm-hmm. Uh, some winter kind of thing that was going on, and then after that, I can't. Remember, I think my next big one that I remember was seeing Benfold's Five at the Barrowlands in 1998, and it was like the greatest thing I'd ever seen. It's still in my top three gigs of all time. It's still kind of look back and that different way of gigging back then as well. Oh, like you could stand in a crowd and you could see the band, oh, yeah. and not see a bunch of iPhone 12s. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. I it was such a vibe. It was brilliant. But in between that, I was going to Biffy. The little biffy gigs everywhere or putting them on and trying to be a wee promoter around there. And what was your, what was your wee company called? It was called Ekim Productions, which was just Mike backwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I thought it sounded all right. Class, yeah. Um, so I did it one for a uni project thing and it was, it was, I just enjoyed it. Like, I would honestly go out every Tuesday night because air used to be rammed, you know, it was student A, it was. When, in like 98 when it got easier to go to university and they started making like graphic design courses or commercial music courses like I did and stuff everyone just fucked off up to Glasgow I know everyone between like 18 and 25 kind of left air but before that it, you would be queued round the doors to get into every like there was three nightclubs four nightclubs and everyone would be queued round the corner Thursday, Friday, Saturday night to go into the town was just booming so I'd go out and fly at everyone guess just to stand there until like I'd go out at like midnight Stay until three in the morning. I wish I was in that generation, like you know, flyers. Like you get, yeah, you get great. like two pound off on the door with a bit of paper. You can but... still do it, Ibiza man. You can oh, do it. I, yeah, well, <laughs> everything's like oh, reserve on Facebook or like retweet this or like and comment, and you'll get. I don't know, just different yeah. way, different way of doing it. It was, it was totally hands on. And folk I... used to like make flyers as well, like their own. Like I used, to, I love looking at uh, like, old black flag flyers. Like folk can draw and stuff like that. Yeah. So I mean, I've not seen like many old Scottish ones, but still a cool thing to have. I've still got about a few of them. I've got some like folders of old Situ touring days and things, and it'll be like the gigs Class. we were getting, like in Aberdeen and stuff like that. It'll just be a list of bands, yeah, somewhere near the top of it. And so when did you start playing music? Did oh, you, so you got sick of you got well, sick of I got. Um, I was when I was younger. I got a drum kit when I was about thirteen. My mum, dad, my grandma got me a. A guitar when I was about seven. I had guitar lessons. I wasn't that great, and I think my guitar teacher actually, my dad, went round there to give him a kicking because he was a bit creepy. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a bit weird. Well, I was like eight years old and went home and said I felt uncomfortable. My dad didn't. You know, was it like your drum teacher? My guitar teacher. Guitar teacher, yes. right? Did you strum him, did you? <laughs> I was like, well, it was just like weird, but they made it, he recorded every session to see what was happening. My dad played the session back, then jumped in the car and went around to his house. So that was the end of my guitar playing career oh, when I was fuck younger. Sake. Yeah, still now. I still think of him fondly. <laughs> 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 um, and then I then I went to frontline music when I was about ten, and my dad I think wanted to buy a keyboard just for him to fuck him out on, you know. And then he get and then I got the keyboard, and I was like terrible on that. Then I was about thirteen, I got a Tama All Star, um, Tama oh something star rock star, the Tama rock star drum kit out of frontline music for fifty quid. It was second hand. Put it in the garage at my house and just tried to learn how to basically play drums because I'd done it at school and I was under people that was just like teenagers yeah 14 15 years old 
But when he got a lesson at school, it was like, who can actually just go, like the three-way coordination, which I could do straight away. So I was kind of went and played drums at lunchtime and stuff, and I loved it. I was never great. You know, I could never get my left leg going, which is always the skill to being a good drummer is to have all four things happening, you know. So I was horrendous coordination. Oh, really? So I bet it's a bit the only thing I have got, because I just couldn't read music or anything like that. I liked just as I said being around it and I tried my best but it was never the it was all hard earned you know but when I started playing bass was when Dragon and a guy Dave I think it was Dave Martin and Brendan who were the original Suit Show guys well very very like as in they put an EP together and they played on it or Dragon had written songs and they played on it and then it was like, oh, this is great. I was like, you need to get a bass player. And I was, they were like, oh, yeah, we do need a bass player. And I was literally rolling a joint set on Dragon's couch. And I was like, well, I can kind of play drums in time. Just tell me what fret to play on what string. Yeah. Just, like, shout out. So I'd learned the first, I'd learned, like, eight or nine songs. I was doing, I played a live gig three weeks later for Tucho's first gig. And I literally going, two, four, five, two, four, five. Really? Two, yeah, wow. I just kind of remembering it that way. Oh, this yeah. is up to the, this is a 12 up here, and just kind of, that's how I went through the gig. Was this the Capable of More? EP? Yeah, it was two, 2002. Two, yeah, that's yeah. when Sucho started. Yeah, yeah, it was that first EP. So how did you know Dragon before that then? Uni, went to uni. Uh, right, okay. Commercial music course up at Paisley, which uh, wasn't, I mean, yeah, I was try. I went into it, like, being told I could go and do like live music and mixing. And I had live sound engineering and mixing, and they didn't even get a desk till like third year at uni. So I kind of left about halfway through third. Was it about halfway through third year, just before I'd actually got my degree? Because Suchu were picking it off, and we were doing stuff and going touring. And I was like, I'm just going to end up in more debt for a degree that people probably aren't going to care about in the type of thing I want to do, which was kind of touring and doing so I was like you'll get me a, you'll get me an experience to make more contacts oh, touring absolutely and, and I should have just yeah I ended up in like with student loan debt and then I should have just actually gone and worked for free for a year yeah. and then I'd have just been in at that point you know but I was playing in the band the band were doing alright we were getting somewhere but that was kind of it was a bit of a double-edged sword because I was into doing the promoting thing, getting everything going so I would literally as you're saying about the flagging thing I would pick up the phone and phone like a venue in Manchester or in London or in Oxford, I'd go, all right, we're going to feature thing in Kerrang, trying to sort it out too. So you were like Suchu's manager as well, kind of thing? I was kind of, I, well, I, I, in a way, but I never thought of myself like that, I suppose. But, I mean, I did book all the gigs. I got us all the supports. I did kind of, like, put, get, you know, like Dragon, I think, would take care more of, like, getting the CDs kind of published and put out and things like that, or getting, like, publishing, but I would just do all the live stuff and get us all the supports. But that was kind of a wee bit detrimental, because folk would always think we were signed, and folk thought we had an agent. And because would, it was, yeah, Because we were so supporting much, yeah. Ocean Size and Biffy and supporting fucking Hell's by Heroes yeah. and all these people, because I'd phoned up and just blagged it, you know, and yeah. got on it, and, and then I'd phone up venues say can I get this gig and they'd be like and I was like oh we've got a feature in Kerrang next week and then I'd phone up Kerrang go alright we've got a tour <laughs> can, we get a can we get a feature in Kerrang and it, and it worked and it fucking worked and it was just a, it was literally a case of like yeah. but that's so much better now I wish like then young bands having to email somebody or an email just gets lost somewhere and I'm if, still like pick yeah, up the fucking know, phone yeah. like try and pick up the phone it's all about how many likes them. you get in a post day like oh that band got like 2,000 likes cool they're worth my time and they've got yeah. X amount of followers and X amount of listeners whereas yeah, yeah I find the cream it rarely rises to the top these days it's more like who's the 
Yeah, it's, it's like I mean, I think that can be unfair to some bands because there's some great bands out there who have got really beautiful looking people in them, but it does yeah. seem like it's a bit of a contest to image. Of, it's a popularity and image contest yeah. rather than something you know new. You know, but I like about music is when you have a band like Biffy who basically create another genre. You know, you can't really go there's another band like or they started a thing that other people have kind of copied you know, and that's kind of pushing it forward to me all the time yeah. so and I hear like have you heard that guy Louis Cole no. he's had amazing like he's, he's just an amazing kind of he's one of the best drummers I've ever heard but then he just does these amazing gigs and stuff he's run Glastonbury and check out an iPlayer check out Louis Cole at Glastonbury well, okay, yeah, it's brilliant yeah. a farmer from the band got me into him one night sitting in my shed David Aird uh, Dave Aird yeah, yeah. Dave Aird sitting in my shed having a wee doobie or two and he was like you heard this guy and I was like oh, this is amazing and then I got into it and then I kind of came full circle on my last tour I was on. I was on with Dexy's Midnight Runners. Oh, the, yeah, I've seen that. You were there in October. Yeah, and the, yeah. The, the trombone player in the band not only does Strictly Come Dancing, he's there, da, 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 which is brilliant, but he was also on this Louis Cole gig, and when you see it, you'll see what I mean by, like, it's so improvised and amazing. It's just brilliant, yeah. honestly. It's so vibing. So was, he was like, we were a wee bit pissed one night, and he was like, oh, I hate to, like, bag about myself or anything I was like I do you fuck Alistair you don't talk about yourself like, and I was like I know this so well I love this and he couldn't believe that somebody else had seen it and so I was amazing that you were like, on the same tour as each other eh? it was like, crazy it was totally crazy and it was just one night like two in the morning he was like chucking this on and yeah. I was like I fucking love Cole. and then we were best pals after that you know Class. perfect uh, so see the oh uh, let's see if you call why bliss mm. you didn't record in that then no on my blast, did I? Um, no, I don't think I did. I think Dragon kind of overdubbed a few of my bass parts and stuff as well because I wasn't quite up to his skill level at the time, I suppose. But I didn't really mind that at all. It was like whatever's best for the EP. I think, yeah. um, you know, he did it in a few things. We recorded the album in Wales and I came back in one day and he recorded over all my fucking bass lines and I was raging. Uh, but then it was like we don't have enough time to go and redo it. So I was I just, heard he's a perfectionist. He's a perfectionist, yeah, he'll hate me saying this, yeah, but like yeah. he just he plays too on the beat with it then. I like to go in behind and swear yeah, right in front and stuff like that. But he's just yeah. on on on. It's, it's like, it's like humanly quantized, you know. But yeah. that's just how he plays and he's and he's one of the greatest musicians I've ever Underrated ever, shock, yeah. ever known. You know. Yeah. I mean he rates himself highly, but nobody else seems to <laughs> <laughs> I think he's brilliant though. Unbelievable. Really no, is. I really is. preaching the choir here, Phil. Yeah. Um, what about the Hidden Perils EP, did you get us? Oh, I named it. The Hidden Perils of Dancing? Yeah, right, that okay. was in a, I was working in the BP. What's the Hidden Perils of Dancing? I was in the, the BP garage, I used to work in an air, and I was doing the papers at the end, you know, you put back these papers, if they don't get sold, you bundle them up and you send them all. And I honestly, like, opened, like, I think I was putting it away in the Daily Mail, opened up, and it was like, that was a, it was a CD review, I was looking at the reviews, the music reviews, but... And it just had something, it was a headline that said the hidden perils of dancing at the top of it. I was like, I fucking hate the Daily Mail, but that's a great title. Yeah, you're <laughs> so, fucking stealing it. So I robbed it and we used it for good, you know, oh, instead. Um, what, I've tried, what the fuck does it mean? The hidden perils of dancing? Yeah. I don't know, I mean, it just, just like... Just, 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 just a few careful. words put together that just sound quite... Yeah, yeah be yeah. careful out there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, the hidden perils of dancing, like having... It was a bit more like, yeah, 
be, I don't know, be scared of fun. I don't know. It's like dancing's fun, but there's always some things. There's a wee bit of a risk for. to the background, yeah. in the back of everything. I suppose there's yeah. maybe a bit of a worry at the back of stuff, but I don't know. It just sounds fucking great, and I love it. That uh, EP had the drop in, and that was the kind of first, yeah, like push hit. it. Yeah, I hit. Yeah, we'll go hit. Absolute <laughs> wondrous hit. Yeah. yeah, sold twelve copies. Did you? <laughs> no, I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. But that was the kind of first song that like really put suit you in the scene. Well, it was a and, crowd uh, pleaser. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was. I don't know if it was on like a, a maybe a Kerrang CD or something, or was it? I, I think know it Crushing was. was. Crushing yeah, definitely yeah. was, but I can't remember if it was on. I something. don't think even had a video out for no, it. No, I didn't have a video for much no. at all. No, no, we didn't really have much video. I think Dave Rossi mentioned on a previous podcast about the fact that he had uh, boxes of DV tapes. Uh, that was my one, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah told me, yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, and he, he said that they're withering away because the longer you have them, the longer you have them, the more they disintegrate or and something at, like and that. At the yeah. time, I was like, can I get them to? And he's like, no, it's my work. That's my work. And I'm like, can you just get <laughs> Can you get me? fucking can you released get them? it? I know, can you yeah. Get them I know, I we know. do have like an edited making of um, and Fight Star 2 repeat, a tour DVD. Wow, right. Uh, okay. It's got like. That Rossi a, shot? It's a, no, I had Rossi shot it in White, Ian White, who uh, was a lecturer at uni uh, that I was at. He was, a, he was a great editor and he would do, just sort us all out and did a great job with yeah. it for free. But it's like 48 minutes. I mean, we'd have to re edit it because it's kind of of its time at some points, if you know what I know, I know, I get what you if mean. You know yeah. what I mean? No. So we got to kind of look back into it a wee bit, but. Did you you named Rossi Cyclops, didn't you? No, not me. Was that was uh, Damon, the drummer, the Australian, the, the Aussie drummer, who we called the Gator. We called him the Gator because he stayed at my house one night, went for a pee, and got into bed with mum. Mum after it, <laughs> snaked himself, <laughs> slithered himself. Oh, what an accident! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> what are you doing in here? <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Log. <laughs> like from right, from drumming from busted and the uh, girls allowed and the Saturdays and then yeah. coming to. Wait, he, drum, he drummed for Busted? Yeah, he was a David I Was he like a session was, for He was a session it? guy. He came up to air and came to our studio and got a fucking brand new Gretsch kit delivered to come and do our Radio 1 session that we had. We had a live session on Radio 1. I've not heard that. We recorded it at Savas Studios. Yeah, and okay. um, yeah, Damon plays the drums on it. Um, I think it was Damon that did that one. Or he did the. Or did he just come up for the Fight Start, the Fight Start tour? Which was just fucking brilliant fun. I'm so those guys are back out. Sorry for the tangent. Yeah, there. no, I'm 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 gutted. I can't. I really want to go down to London for it because um, I, I miss Fight Star. Uh, I missed uh, the man's in terms. Of, I missed him completely, but I well, do miss him as a man. But oh, that's great. They were, that was a great tour, actually, man. That was fun with those boys. It was great because Charlie was such a big star at the time as yeah, well. And and then, but then just we'd, we'd like he came up on stage and sang with us loads and like. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it was he's great. a genuine fan of like. Oh, he's, he's eight, more eight. musical. He's got more like he knows more about music than anyone I've ever met. Like, really? Yeah, just, it's just a shame that done. for what... I mean, he, Busted were great, let's face it. Yeah. But the there was more to him than that, and obviously he got kind of caged in with having to write pop songs where yeah. he was, I mean, massive into, like, Aerogram. I know there's a bit of stuff about what happened with that, but, like, getting big into Suchu as well, and yeah, uh, yeah. if you did the... I was a big fan. If you did the, the, the thank you notes on the... Uh, they liked you a bit when you're dead EP. They liked, like, Cry for Silence and stuff like that. Just 
stuff that you wouldn't associate, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is class. Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. I'll get, I'll need to get, you, I'll get you a copy of that video one of these days. Oh, you, oh you should. Well, yeah, me I've and Charlie d- in the back of a tour bus, absolutely shit face. Is this <laughs> one of the ones that could dis- disintegrate over uh, time? No, no, this is on, di- I've got this digitally right, locked okay, in. It's on, yeah. my, it's on my hard drive. Dave's got, Dave's got all the hours, he's got all the rushes. I mean, we should probably try and get them all put onto like a hard drive at yeah. some point. I'll try and maybe see if I can get some funding like, together even to like do that. Even like a 20-year, I start like a, Patreon or a GoFundMe yeah, or something, yeah. so but it cost a wee fortune. I think I would, a couple yeah. of hundred hours worth of stuff oh, to get digitised. You know, yeah. that'd be class. That would be great to see. Actually, I remember his foggy camera. So we got, but there's loads. David's yeah. uh, Rossi's fog, fog, yeah, foggy, uh, foggy uh, camera. Yeah, right, okay. it, was, it was on tour for so long that I think eventually some sort of moisture started getting into oh. it. So in a steamy gig, it would look like it was the most hazed gig in the world. But he, he shot there was the, something um, old school about it. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, just it's no done on an iPhone. You know, yeah. just like like yeah. that in your yeah. face. Sounds time. terrible, you know. But we could be able to use that great AI stuff that they made John Lennon <laughs> sing with again exactly. to make it sound good. You make know? you sound amazing, yeah. yeah. Uh, so of Cole Peter Jackson. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, um, the the next one was the 2DP1. That's actually got one of my favourite Sucho songs in it, uh, Eviscerated. Oh, right. The kind of demo one. How the bloody hell does that go again? Um, I, I can't remember half the bloody hell. <laughs> well, I care same. and I don't care equally. Fuck it all and fucking jealousy. Tearing and uh, scraping from the inside yeah. out. That one, yeah. yeah it's yeah, like quite yeah. an aggressive wee song, actually. Yeah. And you've got like the wee... Uh, I played on the acoustic, did you? Yeah, yeah, actually got that one. Yeah, actually, that was like a one or two hundred, that like a one or two hundred copies or something. One. Yeah, yeah, um, it was. Yeah, uh, that was. I managed good. to get one a few years ago. It was it's got apathy. I think. Oh, does it? Right. I think. Okay. It's all live, isn't it? It's all kind of live thing. Well, eviscerated is a demo. There's an acoustic yeah. version of the dropped in it. Right, right. So they dropped the drop yeah. on it. Um, well, but I think that would be. I remember we went into the studio once we were dragging around about that time. Me, it was Brendan. It was before Fergus was the drummer. It was me, Brendan, dragging and I think Farmer was there. Or it must be me dragging and, uh, and uh, Brendan. And we did like 41 songs in a day. We really? just did every, just left everything on, plugged it in. There was no fucking keyboards or backing track or click or anything. We just melted out 41, like three minute, three and a half minute long songs that Dragon had written. Yeah. And so then we'd go through all them, bring them down to like 12 for the album. And that's kind of how it Is that in. what happened to, is and, that how you got random? Yeah, and then right, the rest okay. of it would be like, there's about 20 songs we can put on EPs or play live and stuff. Oh, there's so many yeah. B-sides. So yeah, yeah, so many. I remember like, sometimes live, we could, you know, we'd have a choice of a few songs, and I was like, always kind of a wee bit further behind them musically. So I'd be like, to shit myself, going, oh, fuck, what numbers, <laughs> what numbers are these? By this time, I'd known, I knew what the notes were. Yeah. But when it came to that, I'd revert, I'd revert back into, what numbers are these? Oh, God. Um, what, uh, what tours did Suits get back in the day that were quite, obviously, you got Fightstar on 05. Yeah. Straight off the back of Busted. Um, yeah. I know a guy that went to one of the shows actually, he said it was fucking. That was still through Dave McGeek, and it um, was the kind of running tuts at the time, and he's really he's high up, quite high up guy in DF concerts now, but Dave was just super supportive. And he and got you the tour? He got us, uh, we got a wee shout from him for the tour. Um, Dave was who, always who great, was like Dave offered us. He was supporting as well, there's another band. There was another band, who it's was? Good to know nothing. Oh, God. 
I can edit it in later on. It's fine. I can set an intro. Yes, I'll Google yeah. it later on. Was it not? Was it Brigade? Brigade. Brigade on that. I don't think it was. It? Oh, it might have been Brigade. I mean, that was. I think Brigade did the English part. We only. Cry did... for Silence definitely supported one we... of the, the, the the underground uh, gig. Underground underworld gig. Yeah, that sure. would have been. Yeah. But we did the Scottish part of it. I think. Did you not do the, the no, full UK? No, we did Glasgow, Aberdeen, and Edinburgh. Edinburgh, and maybe Perth. Did we do Perth or something? Aye, we did. I think it was four gigs, three or four gigs or something. But that's all in that footage of that DVD that I've got. It's fucking mental. It's brilliant, though. It's good to Off watch. Off its time right? of it as well. A wee yeah, bit, yeah. but I just need to edit a few, few things out. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I want, uh, I want the X-rated, uncensored cunt. <laughs> I want everyone cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, That's exactly what would happen. So, where are we at? Sorry. We are, no, we're just, just, I, just, I'm just kind of going through, I've got a list, but this is, um, I got told by Rossi you would chat a lot and you tell a lot of stories and that's exactly what I wanted and that's exactly what's happening yeah, so I'm okay. cool with that, just chat and shit. Yeah. Uh, we're, at, we're at the 2 EP1, I'm just trying to go yeah. through the kind of discography yeah. and then you started... I mean, to be honest man, there's a lot of that, I mean there's a few, that's a, the band years, you know, I was pretty pissed and pretty high and pretty experimental with yeah. other things at the time. <laughs> um, so I was, uh, so sometimes I kind of look back chronologically I'm like, when did that happen Yeah. Again? <laughs> yeah. So you started recording the hidden, uh, sorry, Random Acts album. Was that because some of the songs were obviously recorded from like you had the drop on that it was already there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Dialogue in the Tube was already floating about a, already. Yeah, I think that was. Um, a, I, so where was all, all that recorded? And well, we went down to Wales, believe it or not, to Swansea where the DVLA live, and that's about it. <laughs> it was a quiet yeah, yeah. wee place and we were down kind of near i think it's called the mumbles or something like that i can't i think it's called the mumbles it's like a wee, we we recorded it in swansea but we stayed at a ha- like a caravan park because i basically i got we did the tour and we kept all our money from that we'd saved up about two and a half grand wow and then the accommodation and like a week in a studio was basically that much money and we went down and just melted it all in a week which was kind of for obviously a reason the dragon did the the base parts too because it was literally faster that you way gotta take, yeah. you gotta take each and then we could spend ages mastering which I had a big bigger part to do with helping master and stuff like that and are you really technically then, minded like that? no I'm just I'm not massively I can do it pretty much with my job as well I can do it pretty much do everything up into the desk and then I just kind of like it just, it just doesn't interest me that much I'm sure I could possibly learn it I used to mix and stuff and I did an audio engineering degree when I was younger and but now I'm just kind of I'm I'm great at all that stuff, but I've kind of dragged to say it, and I'm not trying to blow him on trouble. But he's always said I've got like good ears for stuff like for yeah. good mixing, and, and like I'm not, I can sit and produce almost more producing kind of way of going, make that louder, take that down, that needs to be widened out a wee bit. We need to take this out, do that. Let's cut that bit out the song and stuff. Was dragging quite open to hearing everything. Not the first time round, but when we came to Meadows, it was a lot easier to do that yeah, with. Yeah, that's you know. baby, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, was. totally. Yeah, he was quite protective of it, but at the same time, he would like when it came to the actual master and I went up he left me to go to Glasgow and sit in a studio with Paul McGeekin and just basically do it with him to do random yeah to right, do okay. random and it came back great yeah. I mean after he did uh, the first Marmaduke Duke album with, uh, with Cookie you know the guy who's in um, Churches the, uh, the, the bass player is that who that is yeah he was an aerogram as well was he? Yeah, yeah, he's the boy. Oh, oh yeah, he's the he's, uh, Cookie's the boy he's the guy from uh, yeah he was an aerogram um but he went up and they got a bit too high and he fucking mixed it with the loudness button on the on these amp 
turned in. So when we got it back, if you listen to the first album, it sounds quite high end. It's all like top end. There's not much bass yeah. and stuff in it. Um, see, I, I just like me. I don't really think about over things too much. But right, I mean, okay. now you've told me that I'm going to go and listen to it in the car. Yeah, and you, go, you that that that. over, yeah, <laughs> so overly much. Tricky. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm so I then uh, volunteered to do the next stuff after that. But I don't think that was the main reason I was doing that. But it yeah. was. Uh, I remember it just. But, but then it was like. Well, we've had fucking, we've just had 300, 400 CDs printed of it. <laughs> is, that all, is that all they were made? I think the first run wasn't massive, and then they did a lot more in the ah, second, right, the okay. second or third run yeah. as well. Uh, you did a lot of like maybe, There was maybe a too. thousand, it's not for the, this is for the Duke's first album. Oh, the Duke, yeah, yeah. there's only a thousand of the Duke, yeah, yeah I think, the, the black one. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Duke. What's it called? Magnificent Duke. Yeah, that was Magnificent Duke. Yeah. Um, oh, me too, man. I can't remember any of my albums. Well, that's the thing. See, I'm like, I've got this like encyclopedic knowledge. See, if I'm just chatting to somebody and it's like we're talking about a band, as soon as I press fucking record in that wee box, oh yeah, I forget everything, and that's why I've got notes. That's like me. It's the red button for you, man. I can't fucking play bass. I sing when the red button yeah, comes yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> when it's not your fucking. It's always, been my, it's always been my major problem, man. As soon as it starts, you're like, oh, my fingers don't exist. <laughs> I can't sing a tune anymore. So we got into the, the random acts. Uh, was this like? So yeah. Did you feel the hype at the time? Was there a hype? I, I mean, don't even know if there was a hype. It was more of a scene. It was more you just, like a you hype. You were just around. well respected, and you were well like liked. Yeah. In that yeah. Genre and industry. Yeah. I, mean, I think. Yeah. I mean, it was that. There was no it was money. Like, it was yeah. But, there was no money, but it was like Buffy, Aerogram, Aerogram. It was like. I mean, it's a certain case, like, bands like In Me and stuff are slightly part, but it was basic, it was Ruben were a massive part of it, and uh, we were, like, there, ocean size. Um, we were kind of always, like, round the, we were always the support, you know, we were never, we weren't going to get Ruben to support us at any point or anything, you know, but that was just kind of how, I don't know, Dragon didn't really at the time, like, kind of touring very much he still really doesn't you know he likes to just to fucking sit and be a absolute yeah, the chair, yeah. Yeah, sit in, in the, the chair layer. and like in the layer. chair in the layer chair in the layer and just smash out fucking amazing tunes which I always think is quite I hope he doesn't like regret not doing as much touring as yeah. he could have because he could be fucking making fortunes he could you know the bands I tour with now and you know I tour with bands I mean like even if you can get to a level where you're Doing four or five hundred tickets most places each night. That's a that's you can fucking sustain a band easily yeah, off that. And yeah. We could we could be doing that, you know, um, and it would be great to go and action do it, you know, and do that. Still, I'd love to kind of do something with Dragon. I'm, you know, I love I always love making music with them and things. But then we're so close, and then we get like fucking mad. At, you know, he'll just get pissed off. We all get pissed off for having stuff yeah. like that. And but that's kind of. But Is there's that's... always, but there's always love there. There's always, oh, of course, yeah, there's of course. Bro- like brothers who just fucking. For what I've, for what I've kind of gathered with Dragon, he's very close to his stuff, and it's it's his baby, and mm. and he makes he's got like it's it's like control. It's like if somebody was trying to fuck up my podcast, they're like hold on the yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just got that, but on like a grander scale. You yeah. mean and it's, it's I mean his, yeah, I always thought and it, and it produces a... the best shit. You know, know what I mean? Like I know. every band he's done, our side project, it's always been that's oh, great, off, off top tier. Yeah, yeah, totally. That invisible thing he did was fucking brilliant. Even when I was like, with oh, the German boy, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 It was a great song. Those two wrote that. I don't know. We don't think anyone's actually heard called "Don't Fall Off Your Ladder," and I'm fucking determined to get that song made yeah. one day. It's one of the best tunes I've ever fucking been part of playing. What was the What was the song? It was like a. Was it, it wasn't. It wasn't under one of the the birds on it. It was like something about a gun. Or oh, something. I don't know. Uh, I'll just give them a nut and I'm just gonna go and find it. Yeah, no, that's a song. I think it's Hans. It's uh, put down that gun. 
Right, okay. Put down that gun. I always really like that song. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that I mean, anything he puts his hand, mind, you know, anything that he's involved in just sounds better because of him. It's like a fucking like Messi joining any football team. He's gonna make them better. Yeah, you can join. I think Dan could join any band in the world and make them better. You know, that's kind of musician and how he is. Yeah. Yes, you know, yeah. nah. just if he would leave the fucking house and go and do it. You know, <laughs> put down that joint dragon. <laughs> <laughs> With um, the random acts, so you recorded your part. I recorded my part, yeah, yeah. yeah did a bit of, well, we did, I did like, we, but we were just doing experiment and stuff as well. Like, I don't see the making of videos and stuff. Ha- mm, playing, is there one? Hitting, yeah, there's a making of random. I've seen the Pain Agency one. The one where we're all fucking hitting. I know they were in the studio in Wales, like hitting kick bass. I probably bass have seen that. I probably have like seen that. it. Yeah. Dragon's got all these porno mags laid out in the vocal studio is it? because because <laughs> he heard a story about Prince having like a prostitute in his vocal booth, and he was like, Prince would have a double bed there, and he'd be getting a blowjob whilst he was singing sex. And stuff. <laughs> so Dragon tried to recreate that by putting all these jazz mags out <laughs> on his favourite page. <laughs> <laughs> like like a fucking Ayrshire like an Ayrshire prince inspirational <laughs> inspirational man but no I did uh, played on a wee bit of stuff you know there's bits of mobs, but it was a fucking team effort that stuff you know mm-hmm. and if Dragon I mean I was pissed off a wee bit at the time and I played on that was, but then I've I, but that was also me not holding more ground and just you know that was me also being a bit kind of well you are the best at everything yeah, yeah. You know, I'm 26 and you're fucking 36 and you know better than me and I've just learnt to play the bass you know so I bet I bowed to his better judgment, but I got us all there. I got us the accommodation. I made us fucking get us. I got us tours. I got us. I got us going. I got everything happening with that band, really. You know. Um, Do you feel like and, you and Dragon kind of use with the two front leaders in terms of yeah, like back, well, well, back background so, and front well, Dragon, stuff. well, Gus and uh, Farmer are kind of they're just like the kind of personalities that they they just wouldn't get involved in stuff. You know, they'll just turn up and be brilliant at what they do. Whereas I fucking had a chip on my shoulder for not being the best probably musician and Dragon would like didn't want to leave the house so we'd yeah. just fucking shout at each other, you know. But not shout at each other like uh, it was you know, it, 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 was constructive. It, it was constructive. It was constructive as fuck, actually, because he would take on what I was saying and I'd take on what he was saying, you know, and, it was, and that's how you made that's how that's made, how it happened. That's yeah. how it happened, you know, and um yeah. I mean like dialogue and stuff, I wrote some lyrics to that and then he would like go, Those are great. I'll put these better. You know, there'd be kind of things like that. I mean, on the Meadows song, there's a uh, made up of made up of all the peoples and song, I that I, song. I wrote basically the lyrics to that. Oh, did and, you? But then Dragon would like, you know, change put a few, put a wee thing spirit, on it. Yeah. yeah, I came up with that wee diddly ding ding diddly that wee bass riff and stuff. I can't. Dragon had the original riff, which was just, you know the guitar riff, and I came mm. up with that little kind of odd bass kind of yeah tinkly bit on the. Track I know you know. I had that song as my. Um, I think for like nine years it was my alarm song for waking up in the morning. It's oh like God. dum 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 <laughs> at the start. So yeah, that was my because like I don't. Know, you try to wake up nice in the morning. I actually changed it to Gal's belly of a shark. Oh, nice. The big shouty one at the start. So two very ways of different. Exactly two very different ways of uh, waking up. Yeah, but yeah. that was my. That was my. Mine's um, just screaming. <laughs> no, <laughs> <But> the children. <laughs> just the kids screaming. Dad. I got one this morning, my daughter, I can't put my belt on, and I'm like, it's half past seven, like, I've got my alarm set for 20 to 8, darling, please yeah. do not come through and annoy me before, <laughs> 10 minutes too early, you know, I'm raging, but yeah, no, um, yeah, so like, I did, I mean, I kind of tried to credit myself with some involvement and stuff, but at the same time, I'm bouncing off him, and I'm, 
you know, even like the first Duke album, I kind of demoed the drums terribly to those songs because I was just there, but I'd plug stuff in and then Simon and Dragon would just be two geniuses together and I'd just run around and press the space press, bar to yeah, record and, yeah. and do all that kind of stuff. And just, like, it was that. good to feel part of it, you know. Yeah, Ross you know. told me a funny story when he was um, recording the B-sides to Pain Agency. He um, I, I can't remember what it was. He recorded everything, but he had the he didn't press record on the vocals, so he had all the instrumentals. And Dragon came in with mental about it, and then we had to re-record it the next day. But he said it was like it's one of the best mistakes I ever made because he sounds fucking, fucking raging, raging yeah, and it sounds better yeah. for it. Yeah, he, did, uh, he had to do that with the guitars and the <laughs> agency, the pain agency as well. It was something that got fucked up with that. I think the level, I think it was just the level of them wasn't high yeah. good enough. So he was fucking like, right, I'm fucking going back in there. And then, but he was so raging that they sounded better. Yeah, you know? for it, That's yeah. why the album sounds like it's going ahead of the oh, beat. Half the time it's just driving. Yeah. There's no kind of like swing back in it's, it at all. It's, it's just... one of the best intros then at the start of Lick was the do no 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 Just like man. fucking going oh, straight yeah, for it absolutely. and it just carries on. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see what random. So when you got, um, you did Crushing, that was like kind of the lead single. Yeah, yeah. Because that was in the Kerrang. Yeah, did, that, did you um, Did that, did that like... It wasn't ever a deliberate... Well, it wasn't. We didn't ever put out a single. It was more chosen by well, people. Well, Di- like, Dialogue Going to Two was a single, and then you had the one. What was the other one? But that was off. Um, that was on off the first album. That was off. Yeah, random. random Acts. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, random. Acts, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, but you so, said liquids. That's pain. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was going. Sorry, I was going back to random. Right, sorry, right, mate. Right, sorry. Right. Um, yeah, the first. So crushing was on random acts. Yeah. It wasn't a single, but it was the one that was on uh, Kerrang! Various artists one. Did, yeah. Did, see when that. I mean. Unfortunately, I'm like a couple of years after that, so I never yeah, yeah. seen the benefit of your song being on. Yeah, did it? Did it well, make we, a difference? I mean, we went it? to, but we went because we were on that. We then got invited to the launch of that because it was like, which was down in London at the. Oh, nice. And uh, Enter Shikari were headlining it, and but I went. We fucking I booked the fucking flights for the wrong day, so we turned up at the airport and they're like, nope, and I was like. Right, we have no money, but I'm gonna to have to rebook flights down oh, to London to be, because but then Dragon didn't want to do it or anything, so it was me. Would you just play it? Me and Farmer. No, to just, we were just, just no. Then I was just like, but that's what you fucking. If I wanted things to be happening, you have to be part of the yeah. fucking scene. You know, you need to show up. You need to show up, and I would do that at Tuts every weekend almost. You know, and that's how we, when Sutra was building, and I would get, I would just talk to everyone. You know, yeah. I don't really have any social anxiety. I'll just fucking talk to anyone. I don't care what people kind of think of me. Or, well, because I know I'm not a cunt, you know, it's not, it's not difficult, you know. Good way, it's not as good way I mean, that's like... how I've started. I mean, that's the main thing with touring, when people go, well, how'd you get into being, doing touring? And I'm like, well, tell everyone, you can you can always learn the job. It's about being able to be on a tour bus with a brother. Read, read in the room. 13, 14 yeah. people, including, like, people who are artists, you know, with the LSD, I call it lead singer disease. You know, <laughs> it's just, you know, that kind of... Like, well, it's just like, it's not, it's almost just like, Type dealing with your kids sometimes, you know, it's like, be like just, and I can be like that sometimes as well. But it's being like a bit kind of, oh fucking yeah, it's a bit of ego. It's a bit of anxiety. It's a lot of anxiety with those guys, you know. It's all kind of quite a bit of a front sometimes, or, and it's just it's not pandering to it. It's just understanding the kind of people some other how people are. It's understanding how they. It's kind of being like a fucking psychiatrist or a psych well a psychologist trying to figure out. How to approach them, how to, or not to even approach them. You know, I've been on tours where you just, like, see, like, that's your, I'm in the crew. There's a lot of money in risking people. Like, one person's bad mood could determine oh, a full day's wage. Oh, yeah. Or, or several days' oh, wage I mean, for, like, 
like you said, 13, 14 people. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not coming on stage tonight. Cool, well, you're fucked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you feel terrible if the artist has had a bad show. You feel like, as a crew member, because I, well, I do, some people just don't give a fuck, but if, I, if the artist, the principal artist, has had a bad show, I'm like, I fucking feel ter- I feel it like I feel terrible. I'm embarrassed and stuff, and you know, and it's even something it's not that is not, con- con- yeah, but like, even though it's not my fault, I'm like, how could I have controlled that better? How could I have made them have a better time, you know, mm-hmm. or made them more comfortable where that didn't happen you know like uh, yeah it's just i can't i don't want to give examples of it because then you're putting folk, no i like, get it no i get um, it um but you're just kind of that's kind of i've kind of monetized not being a dick and being able to like go right you're really behave like that i, I can take I, like i've take people's abuse i'll just take their shit because i don't really care like i find it quite funny when people shout at me and lose their shit at me because i'm like I don't really have anything yeah, to say to you. Yeah, and if you say yeah. something like that to them afterwards, yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything to say to you, actually, at the it moment. It kind of demeans them it, back to the reality. Yeah, it yeah. kind of can do. But you've also got to, But then those people are, can't write those fucking songs if they don't suffer like that, if they don't feel everything, if they don't, like, connect to everything and feel... Because I'm, you know, I can be quite numb to things since losing mm-hmm. my, my brother and my parents and yeah. everything. and. We had a few miscarriages over the last few years as well, so I can be quite pushy away with things, or, num- or like I can go, I know what that—that's the important shit. Like this is what you're doing just now. It, it's not important in the long run, you know. Yeah. So I can kind of bring things down a wee bit, or that's de-escalate. Yeah, that's just on a bus after like two or three weeks of being away, be. and away yeah. from your family. But, but then know. I can be the grumpiest cunt in one day. So I can, you can even I can have day. one day. Everyone yeah. has one day. As everyone on the tour has oh, one really? day when they're just like. I want to get don't approach me don't approach me not that I want to go you're just like I'm fucking just can't be fucked today you know it's a yeah. bad thing you make the venue manager that are pain in the ass. you know the stage is shite the fucking you know one th- you're on the wrong side of your stage you can't even get on the side of the stage to fucking do your job properly or the crew since Brexit the crew have been fucking terrible because all the good guys have left basically oh, so right, yeah. retraining local kids and stuff who just don't but they don't try you know I don't give a fuck if you don't know, just try, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna teach people how to open a catch on a case, and like, literally how to put down a microphone stand, and they're getting paid. Like, for, like sometimes, like, some places we did a gig in Oxford, and they were all fucking union kids, and they were all students, and they were getting 400 quid. They well, weren't getting, they, well, they, the, the people who had booked them were getting that, and they were probably getting about 80 or 90 quid for their shift. But you're paying like money out to folk to teach them yeah. how to do their fucking and job it slows you and down stuff. And then the I, you know, it's the days like that that I'm like, fuck right, you know, fuck it. I mean, I mean, we, went, we did a gig in Lillehammer last month and I just went to the crew. The guys, the crew came on the stage. I was like, you have all been standing here watching the gig getting pissed. And they were like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, get off my stage, please. Oh, and I just you. put them all off the stage and then we packed down ourselves because it's dangerous at that point. But it was like, Sure, I, I could have been fucking raging, going around mood about it. Like, is that important? You know, is that really important? We took t- we took about five or ten minutes longer to do it without them. Yeah, you know, and then I just made them put it all in the back of the truck. It like, like it's all in a box control. now. It sounds like you, it sounds like you can read the situation well, and you've got you're not like. You're not straight to anger every time, but if it's required, you probably do have like a streak of like, right, you've crossed the, you've crossed the line. Yeah. I was sound, Mike. Now I'm like, yeah. fucking listen to well, me. Well, I'll Mike, just say, yeah. get off the stage. I'll just go. Yeah. You know, before anything. You're quite escalates. a big guy, too. I wouldn't bother like <laughs> arguing back. You know, yeah, I'll get off the stage. I'll yeah. leave the venue if you want. Yeah. yeah, you just have to be a bit serious at times, you know. Yeah. I just know what you're fucking doing. You know, I've been doing this for a wee while now, so I'm a lot more confident in my abilities and things, and I'm not the kind of. 
Do you reckon right. being like doing like dive shit with Sucho back in the day yeah. and that like all builds oh, up kind of, that, that, yeah, that gives you toughen you up a bit. You know, it gives you an idea of what you're meant to do if you do go into crew and you know there's some people that who have been in bands who've like got signed and they've fucking toured and they've supported like big massive bands around they've America not, not and, then, and then but then they come into crewing after it and they'll still and you can go, you can tell their hearts really not into the crew, but they still they watch the band and think, "Fuck that was that me. Was me yeah. That was me ten years ago." Whereas I'm like, "Oh, this is. I, I, sit, I can sit there. There's a there's bits of it sometimes. Yeah, yeah there is sometimes. It's I, not yeah. it's not that prevalent. It's not massively prevalent. But then at the same time, you look at those guys and go, "You should be in a fucking band still. You're amazing. Like I love yeah. the band that you were in. Yeah. You know. Whereas I'm kind of." I'm just cont- I'm just happy to be around it, man. I genuinely am. If I'm anywhere, like I can sit at the side of the stage. Like when I was working for Texas, my brother, for his for fucking some unknown reason, was a fan of Texas. <laughs> when he was like eighteen, but Charlene Spiteri was absolutely gorgeous, and we loved. You know, it was like the early night, early well late nineties kind of thing. And I was sitting next to the stage in like some fucking glorious place in Spain, like at the top. Of, I think it was at the top of a hill in an old like Roman. Uh, Kind of Roman ruins, but a stage a stage had been built in, and I'm sitting there regretting. But I got quite emotional. I was like, my brother would have fucking loved this, yeah. you know. And it made me like, like, oh, God. and because I'm not, in a way, I want you know, you want to make your parents proud of you, and you want to make your brother proud of you. And when my brother passed away, it was just after I had my first ever crewing job, proper one. I was working for Deacon Blue, and then. Uh, just after that, well, then my dad just got in the fucking sauce, you know, and then um, he kind of dragged himself to death. And my mum got dementia, early onset dementia, because of, uh, of the stress of it all. And she just, her brain just couldn't fucking handle it, unfortunately. Um, and, uh, oh, what was the point of that? Sorry, I just got lost thinking about my brother. And I, yeah, so sitting on the side of the stage watching that, just thinking, fuck, he would have loved, he would have been so proud of me doing this, yeah. you know. And it's kind of, it's sad that they never kind of got to see me all right, you know. Because before I was just about, you know, I was doing my band thing. It wasn't, you know, then I'd left. You weren't doing bad. You were just, you were just, you were just doing stuff. You were just yeah, like existing in your own, your own way of doing yeah, things. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. my parents probably going off because they're going to have to do three shifts, three, four hour shifts in Morrison's every week and play it to live out with music and stuff. And, and then, if you did, why the fuck not? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, but you know, and I think they just kind of. My dad just wanted to see me all right, you know, and settled. And he died like the week before we moved out of my house and stuff. Oh, and I never really? got to yeah. see that shit, you yeah. know. Um, only like a few months before my second daughter was born as well. So it was just kind of, you're just like, oh, fuck, I just want to. I wish I could have made them. I mean, before I would get so upset and go, I wish I could have made them proud. But now I sit there and I'm like, going, oh, they'd have loved this. They would have been proud. Yeah. Have been, you know, I'm kind of happy in that state. I'll be a bit better in that state now after 10 years of going through all that shit, you know. I mean, it's not like when they were here that you were a total like, waste of space. Like you said, you were just no. doing your own thing as yeah. you were. You know what I mean? If yeah. you'd left like the worst impression on them on the way out, on their way out, yeah, yeah, then yeah. The, you'd be holding on to like some sort of guilt. But yeah. I mean, oh yeah, tell your tell your folks you love them. Tell your yeah, oh, no. tell your parents, tell your family, tell everyone you yeah, do all the time, yeah. man. So you never fucking know. You know, uh-huh. last time I'd be at, I went. No, dad, when he had his, he passed away. We'd been for lunch with him that day, and I gave like a lit for some reason. He's never much of a hugely huggy and kissy and stuff like that. I gave him a big hug and a kiss in the cheek. I went, love you, Dad. And left when my kid and the kids got a kiss, and I got my, my, my eldest then. And we left, and then it was actually, we was staying at the Glen Park, the place where Dave Rossi owned, his mum and dad owned the hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they yeah, were getting so their house yeah. uh, renovated at the time, and dad were getting the house changed around at the time. And then he just had a, had a heart attack in his room, unfortunately, and it was, but Dave phoned me and was like, 
you need to come up to the oh, hotel. Yeah. And I was like, right, is that is, is it pretty bad in it? And he was like, yeah, it's pretty bad. And I was like, right, okay, I'll be there in about 10 minutes, man. I'm just going to take a minute before I have to go and but deal with so this. But it just so happened that that afternoon you'd... Just you so happened. Mean? Just so yeah, happened yeah. that I was lucky enough to have said that to him. And it was kind of, I felt bad for Dave having to fucking deliver the news and stuff because yeah. obviously it's all people that we've all grown up around. My mum and dad's house was the place that we all went and sat in my yeah. room and smoked fucking joints <laughs> when we were like 20, 23, you know. So you've known Rossi like for a long time? Since the start of Sutro, really. Yeah. yeah, he was friends with Dragon first, I think, and then he came to our uh, Dragon's house with a bottle of Jack Daniels and a quarter of hash, and I thought, this is a yeah, nice, this is, he's a this nice is guy. guy yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can join the group, Dave. <laughs> go and sell some t-shirts for us. <laughs> we chatted for like, I don't know, three and a half, four hours at his bit, but only, I only recorded two of it, like, two of it was, I mean, if you listen to it, it's just all tangents and daft shit. Yeah. Some of the best shit he told me was like, between, it was before and after, yeah, um, yeah. so he told me he was mixing for Dragon or something and he had to go under a, a desk to find something like to, to plug in a cable or something and he found a poster that dra- one of Dragon's first bands before right. Suchio right. and turns out I think Rossi had like accidentally like I don't know, like worked with them or something, yeah. or chewed with them or something. I think Dragon. Yeah, I think I remember something about those yeah. lines. It was, like, it was un- like, he, he, he'd been he, to he, see he, them. I think they were called they're yeah. called Feeder Feeler. Feeler. Yes, Feeler. that's it. Yeah, and he ripped at the post. He was like, "Who's that?" He was like, "That's my old band." I'm like, "Oh, I did this with them." I can't. I don't yeah. know if he if he teched for them or something, or just like brought in the flight cases or something. Or Small if he, worlds, yeah, yeah. What are those just daft shit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dragons are. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he was in London for a while. Dragon, there's footage of Dragon on the big breakfast. Playing fucking guitar when he's really? like twenty year old, yeah, and he's in a band like just by himself. Like he's just on his own, like playing guitar. And he was on yeah. the big breakfast because he was down to London trying to make his fortune, and he somehow ended up in the fucking big breakfast and the biggest show of the time. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's fucking acoustic. I wish I could find that. Actually, I'm sure it'll be on YouTube. He'll somewhere. have like a, I'm sure he's probably got an archive, but I he's holding yeah. tighter than David Ross is. Course, that he... yeah, I know, bastard that he is, Dave Ross. <laughs> Give him our tapes, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to just random, um, kind of finish it off. The uh, you left after random, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. But I did. I kind of. Did you just lay off? I'm too uh, we went, what, what we did was we went. We were. It was just. I kind of kind of because getting the notion more at that point. I think some. I mean, even Fergus might say this as well. That Dragon just kind of wanted to was more and more miserable touring, and it was kind of that's how you would be able to make your money, you know, and that we can. It wouldn't be sustainable, really. And then we went from um, moving on. We went from our own rehearsal rooms, and then we went back to the first rehearsal rooms we'd been to in Maidens. And that was almost like a fucking physical like representation of like where we were at the time, which was going backwards, I thought. You know, and this new album was coming out, and I was like... I can't just keep fucking doing this. I never made like I never thought there was about money or anything. But I just never got a penny from it. I was like twenty eight at the time and going, I've been doing this for six years and we're just kind of going in circles. We're just kind of playing the same places or you know. And what was the highlight of like your time in situ? Was it the fight <laughs> stuff? Was that like the for me? For me, it was the ocean size support we did. We got paid absolutely nothing for it. So we'd go out to, but we'd go out every night and watch them because we'd have to go to the merch stand and do well at merch. But we played our fucking arses off. Uh, the second on band took all the like, the support money, so we were just. Mike was like, "I can't even give you fifty quid." And I, but at the time, you could get a van for about forty quid. Mm-hmm. Your fuel would be twenty quid, and then a, a travel lodge was about thirty quid. 
So if we could get like eight t-shirts sold, we had enough money then to pay for that day. No, not getting fucking fed or anything yeah, like that, you know. Yeah. I think Dave Rossi did a tour with like a packet of peaches or something like that and he was just fucking starving. Yeah, I think he told me that, yeah. Something like that, you know, and um, so, but it was like, but the first night we did, a, we did the support, we sold 350 quid's worth of fucking t-shirts at the desk because we were like, buy our t-shirts, yeah. fucking screaming, jumping about the stage, like kicking each other's heads in and stuff and having a great fucking, a great time. Um, and we did that every night, and we got we would always we would always sell at least a hundred hundred fifty tickets or something, hundred fifty quid's worth. Sorry, hundred fifty yeah. quid's worth of t-shirts every night, and we'd bring the crowd over to our side because we do like the bundle with the two EP and a t-shirt and like a badge and a sticker, and it'd be fifteen quid, and everyone would just fucking grab it, uh, up, you jump know? on board. And you could make a t-shirt back then for like two quid. You could get a printed t-shirt for two. So I mean, we could make you know you were making. Like enough money to then put that money in to go into record again, and just that would just go in cycles, you know. I've seen some old school Switch t shirts, but I'll never, I'll, I want to own one one day. Oh uh, man, I'll try and find you one out the loft, man. Class. Yeah, um, the fucking I Am Stupid one was the biggest seller from uh, Dialogue in the Two. Yeah, I, yeah, stupid. yeah. That was a cracker, man. That was my, then the Suitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuitsuits
I mean, the little red, did he tell you the concept of it? So the old road to Glasgow. Yeah, there. there's a there's a little red house on the road, yeah. And this that, was one of the parts that, of the conversation that we spoke about after I stopped uh, recording, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, so if you got to that little red house, that was as much time as you had. To roll a joint. Roll a that joint was it, and have yeah, it smoked before it, you yeah, get to Tuts. Yeah, yeah. Before you got to park up at King Tuts. That's so, that was, so that song. But that was the... That was the start of the recording of that album. Was that song because it was a fucking it was a concept album which was a tribute to the old A seventy seven before the waterways. That was the original concept of yeah. the second album. Oh, for Duke Pandemonium. For Duke Pandemonium, it was, but it changed. It obviously turned into something completely different. But yeah. it, it just ended up in one song being the the concept album about the A seventy seven. But it was an ode to the A seventy seven. Do you remember <laughs> the the recording of the first album? Yes, I do. I barely, but it was good. I mean. We um, it was in it was in this first studio that Dragon had, which was where fucking McConaughey's tires ended up being. It was an old church, I think, and uh, it was Dragon's friend Baz who would uh, he bought this jet and turned it into rehearsal studios, and we would just go up. And it would be because it was their studios and the people would rehearse. We'd have it from twelve p.m. till eight a.m. So that's when we'd get to use it for free. So we would we'd go in from like midnight, to, to much to the fucking annoyance of my girlfriends and our friends at the time. But so we'd go between like twelve and eight. It was two thousand and three-ish, I think. I think both albums were pretty much recorded around about the same time. It was a lot just of the that, songs were together. It was just yeah. that it was just that they didn't put out the second one until two thousand and nine. I think Buffy were on their next hiatus, but the first one was done with just going in. Then, like, a, a, we'd have a karaoke machine. We'd sing karaoke. We'd all get a bit pissed, and then about two or three hours later, Dragon would go, "I've got a riff," or Simon would go, "I've got a riff," and then I would run about and plug stuff in, like get drums plugged in and stuff. And then they would do, they, they, I mean, the fucking, you know, the, the second or the third set of songs in it, which is just two basses and glass bottles of iron brew getting hit. Oh, is it? That's all there was. There. So there's three there's three sets of six songs, so it's six, six, Yeah, impulsive and explosive, yeah. Yeah, so the yeah. first ones are like the um, acoustic ones, the second ones are like heavy, kind of heavy and ones. And there's and instrumentals. Then, then the two, then, then the second, the third set, it's all fucking bass. But that was all done, sitting there, pish, going, uh, this is fucking, I bet you folk come up to us and go, this is brilliant, but yeah. it was meant to be like a piss take of what, People thought would be cool, which would just yeah. be oh, let's do two drone and basses, and it was almost, it was almost to take the piss. But then you listen back to them, and I'm like, oh, they're actually fucking great, you know, <laughs> like the badger and the fucking waffle or whatever it was at the time. Um, but they would all be done. So you would, they would want to go a riff. I've got a riff. It get recorded. Um, then they'd put it down. They could basically conceive it, record it, write it, and record it in that night between twelve and eight in the morning mm-hmm. until. That so many weekends had happened of doing that same thing, and then it's done. That the album was actually it turns out there, and then Biffy had a break, and it was yeah. like Warner's were like, "Have you got any fucking side projects?" And Simon handed them that, and then because the Infinity Land, uh, there's a big gap between that and Puzzle, but yeah. was some of it not like uh, just unused the stuff that didn't make that didn't work for Such or Biffy. I mean, um, no, it, not, yeah. no, not no, it was all kind of them. It was all just them collaboration. Oh, it was them totally collaborating. I've got a riffle. I mean, Dragon would kind of do that quite sweet melodic kind of, you know, and then um, Simon, and then Simon, but stuff. Simon, no, well, Simon would then get that sweet melodic fucking thing and then put like a kind of 
um, like a jaggy vocal melody over the top mm-hmm. of it and make it. When did the Duke form then? When did it like was it like two thousand three? Three, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a two thousand three. When, say when about you wiki it, it's like something like. Some of it, some guy brought a Spanish book over or some oh, shit. I'd the, love to. That's the man, that, that was the concept. Right. So Portuguese, what is it? The Portuguese. Yeah. What is it? It's a Portuguese. A Portuguese guy brought a book over. Yeah. And then yeah. Simon and Dragon read it, and then yeah, but it's they, all made up. Right. Okay. None of it's real. It's a made-up biography. Right. It's not a very. It's yeah. All, there's it's not com- very much online. It's, it. Yeah. It's completely fiction. I think it might even be in the sleeve notes of the first time what it was meant to be. Maybe. Nah, I don't think it is. Is it not? Nah, right. the lyrics are definitely there. It's, right, okay. Yeah, it's just was, all. Yeah, cause I, I think it was probably on like a message board. Yeah, I'm sure I read. I'm, sh- I'm sure I read that the the book explains all three albums, and then the death of the Duke is the end of the story book or something. But I'm probably. I mean, yeah. everyone's got their own take. And if yeah, I ask you something, if I ask Dragon, and if I speak to Simon, they'll give me different answers probably too. But what it's. Well, me, Dragon, and Simon would probably give you around the. Oh, really? Right. Okay. Answers, right, okay. So it's yeah, all right. I think so because I was kind of there for quite a lot of it yeah, as well. Right. Know? Okay. Um, just as I kind of somebody who was. Yeah. Just like, what's the word that I'm trying to use? Um, Oh, that's a great word for it, but I can't remember, like, facilitate. Yeah. I almost kind of helped to, you know, whilst they were being geniuses, I'd do the shit jobs, like, plug everything yeah. in and pour them a drink, you know, fucking press play. It's like the Death of Duke, there's always, there's been, like, four or five different, like, one was meant to be a full live album, and then one was, like, a 48-minute song, and then there was different stuff yeah. again, I mean... I think, they've, got, I think f- they've done, like, three songs, but they've been done over the last, like, ten years, and there was not... I don't know, I can't even remember what any of those songs sound like anymore because it was so long ago since I think it last yeah. got touched. But do you think it will come out eventually? I really hope so. so do I. I really yeah. hope so. Um, I think, yeah, I'll just take the right. T- I mean, it was, it was so fucking organic last time. It was literally not be burnt trying. What well, uh, that whole thing that they were so, we they were trying to do was just have fucking fun, you know. And it was all just fun on a piss take. It wasn't in any way serious. Serious. It was Simon's chance to have a break from the kind of trying to stuff, the serious Biffy, yeah. stuff. Buffy. And I mean, and us in a way were social trying to make it and things. It was actually just fucking two people in a room having loads of fun making yeah. music. And it comes across when you hear it because you're like, "What the fuck is this stuff? Yeah. It's great, you know. It's, it's all over the shop. Bipolar as fuck. It's I super it. bipolar, you know. And it's all and it's but that's all just because like we can do anything we want." There's no, yeah, there's no, there's no law we. here. They can do anything. Yeah. We keep saying we. They can do anything that they want. It, so, yeah. They can do anything that they want. And then I got to dress up in spandex on stage with a mask. So, on. so when did the when did the, the image come into it? Did well, you go right? The, I was the, the music's Portuguese. fucking nuts, but yeah, yes, it was Simon. It was kind of Simon, kind of visual thing as well. You know, Simon's also thinking about the whole visual impact of it all. I mean, Dragon was in a fucking dress, and Simon was in hot pants. I was in sparkly spandex with a, with a hat and a mask, with a hat and a mask on. on. But I would we would insist on no barrier, so no barrier at any gig. Yeah. And I would honestly stand up. We can't see this on a podcast, obviously, but I push my hand. I just stand in front of the crowd, push my hand to both hands towards them, and I swear everyone would just fucking step back like two or three fucking feet. Really? And then they'd come forward again. I would just be able to stop them in the face yeah. as well. Was that kids with capes and fucking swords and stuff? Like yeah, I've that. seen and photos and that. It was obviously it's 
kind of just before the generation of like phones at gigs all the time it was yeah. mostly actually photographs taken on an actual camera yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. but they look nuts there's yeah. footage of that I've got a fucking I've got footage from that as well like edited footage from, from the original from, from the first the, I think it's from no I think it was from when we did uh, Red in, in Leeds when we had like, right, okay. that fucking stage yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the Red in Leeds it was mental it was just like I've like, seen the Brudenal gig the oh, Leeds yeah. one that's yeah, that's um, yeah so every gig started off with that the boom 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 and yeah. then you uh, sorry Simon just jumps and you're just like fishing the I'm sorry to fish him out but then yeah so but I think after a while he wouldn't even do that I would go on and go bam, bam. I would push the keyboard so he could just run from the yeah. side of the stage and go straight that's what I crowd. thought Empire was going to be when I, I thought it was going to be that kind of show but obviously it's been there's like 15 years yeah. later there's obviously yeah. aged there's a lot of money in Simon too if he, if he gets injured or fucks himself in any I, way I don't think he'd give a fuck about that uh, to well, be maybe, honest maybe that, I yeah, don't think he does I, I think... thought that was what was going to be Empire was like but it's good that it's just like when Duke comes back hopefully it does yeah. hopefully that's what the gigs will be like again just, just fucking, fucking shitstorms yeah yeah it was absolutely mad so I remember Redden and Leeds and Simon walked off the stage with the mic and went to a fucking burger van whilst the gig was going on and asked them for a breakfast and for a burger and the woman was like nah fuck off <laughs> so he says, and there's footage of him going out and just coming back onto the stage and it was just fucking you got this footage? Yeah, I've got the footage of it it's just fucking like gold mine I know man. man I keep trying to get dragged drag, we need to put this shit out if you're listening man let's get this stuff put out like, release, uh, re- re-edit some of it and uh, get it back out man but it's all getting like in the dressing room beforehand getting I like the concept of two drummers too. Oh, it's great, man. That was all from Dragon. I think Dragon kind of thought of that because his first gig he went to was Adam and the Ants, and Adam and the Ants had two drummers. Right, okay. And he always remembers that from being a kid. We saw them in like 1988 or something. It was right. like fucking Prince Charming and all that shit, you know. But yeah. they had two drummers, and I think that was. Because when it came to doing the live fucking shows, it was like, right, Mike, you dress up, Ben, James, you do the rhythm section, yeah. Cass, you come in and do some more kind of, you looked like you had a total atmosphere about you because you're just really tall and just like, and that kind of, yeah. you're in a mask, so you, can't, you can't see what the fuck you're thinking or you can't, you, you can't see your expressions. Oh, I think I the just, first like, standing I, there like. The first gig I absolutely fucked it though because I, I got no direction from anyone what I was meant to do. I was like, what am I meant to do? Like, just yeah. move about the stage, dance anything, like, just, like dance and stuff. So the first gig I think it was in Dundee, the first one we ever did. And I was on the stage, like, kind of dancing about a wee bit. Simon just looked at me and went, stop fucking dancing. And I was just like, I, just went, I was bright red under yeah. the mask. I felt so embarrassed. And I was like, oh, I feel tiny. This is horrible. <laughs> so then after that, I got the kind of just stand there and fucking stare at people, you know. Yeah. Um, which was fun, you know. Back in those days, you know, I might take some time. Was it a different to, costume to for you in the first era? Yeah, the first era, I have... What did I have? I think I had a black jacket and hat and... Um, and then when the pandemonium era, I had like I'd see I'd let my alien my part my fiance now her um, sister um, sequenced like a pair of Converse for me um, a suit jacket which was the suit jacket from uh, Questions and Answers video. Um, it was like a white suit jacket and Simon's in a wheelchair Aye, and they don't it, break his, his leg, leg. the battle lines the night before it was a QMU, the QMU. I heard right, the okay. snap from the side of the stage it was fucking was, was it during action he, he jumped. just jumped off the fucking top of the speaker stack again and his guitar was kind of in front of him a bit and he had about half, halfway down he had kind of adjusted himself to clear the guitar Yeah, that's when he fucked his ankle that's was that the last night. song? Um, I can't even remember it was yeah. I mean it was yeah, that night because yeah, he got taken uh, to yeah, fucking hospital yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, man. Oh fuck! It was um, so. Yeah, that, so that caught, that was from them. The jacket was from that, and then I mean, Simon at one point wanted to put the microphone down my spandex over trousers and scream uh, into my cock. 
<laughs> which never happened, but we'll maybe do that next I mean, time. you played that if gay club, did you not? You played... I'll be two only, only gay clubs for the second tour. It was just like, let's only play G. It was G-A-Y. You just the art room, the art room, did you know? Made art school art as school, well, yeah. 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 But I think it was on like the gate. It was trying to be, I think the agent was told, like, we're going to do all the gay clubs. Because everyone was in spandex and dresses mm-hmm. and shit. And we wanted loads of kids in there fucking waving their swords about. Actual swords, not yeah. figurative. <laughs> not the, not the did, it separate, did it separate from the... Like the Biffy fans, were they like coming in and like, what the fuck is this? Because I, I no, noticed I the Empire so. as well. Everyone just seemed fucking into it, man. Really? Because yeah. at Empire, there was a lot of people like, oh, we're here to see Simon. It's like, right, tonight's not for bubbles in space. And yeah. like, folk yeah. are like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, but I think there's um, a wee bit of. There's a, there does get, it's kind of reminiscent of some of the heavier fucking stuff, though, I think, from the totally, Duke things. You know, totally. it's Killing like, the Cure. Yeah, because si, I mean, yeah. si vo- the way Sai's vocal melody, his melodies are so kind of standout-ish as being his own kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And then Venart's great guitar playing, and then fucking Dave Lombardo oh, on the fucking drums, and Naomi's an amazing. Yeah. She's amazing as well, man. I was extremely player. sad on uh, Tuesday night. Oh, that's, that's it for a while. Yeah. I mean, they won't come back for a while. Oh, right? I've got fucking shit-faced on tequila with Dave Lombardo afterwards, and I drank a bottle of... Uh, you were you're quite uh, tipsy when I, yeah, when I, I spoke to you. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was tipsy. Yeah, it was a tipsy Guy night. asked for your AAA, you're like... <laughs> I'm trying to lift up your jacket. Trying to find my yeah. triple A. Trying to fucking lift something. That's probably when I lost my in ears. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> just spent 400 fucking quid on it. Oh, uh, shit. That's what insurance is for, man. Oh, right, okay, fair enough. Is for. Hopefully, I'll get it back. So, with Duke, anything else you want to add to bit, Duke? You think. Oh, we're good to do it again, but I mean, it was just fucking great fun, man. Just raw. Yeah. I mean, if anyone is in a band and they're trying to fucking write a certain type of art or do a certain thing or do whatever, don't fucking just go have as much fun as you can and just do whatever it is that comes into your fucking mind. Yeah. And that's what Duke was. Anything that there was nothing that was. Nothing off limits. Nothing off limits at all. And that's how music should be. Yeah. Even if it's a fucking really melodic acoustic song, it should still be nothing off limits. You did know? you enjoy covering it when you were in Meadows? You did a yeah, oh, yeah, that was great yeah, fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like playing those wee James's bass lines as well. Not as well as he can, but it was great yeah. fucking fun, man. I loved that. Yeah, that was a great gig. I still, I, I'll get the most. I'll get pissed, and I know it sounds a bit self indulgent, but I'll put that gig on from the Harbour Arts Centre. If you've not seen oh, it, the, is the there a medal for it? Oh, yeah, oh sorry, a, the right, yeah, all oh, right, medals, right, yeah, sorry, right, medals, yeah, the yeah. medals, man, man. Yeah, yeah. I watched it last night, actually. Yeah, brilliant. It's it such a great fucking gig. We mixed that in Dragon's studio and Dragon wanted to like overdub like some of my mistakes or Marianne's mistake and I was yeah. like fucking leave it, leave it yeah. don't fucking yeah. overdub anything this is how we played it at the time and it sounds and like I think mistakes and stuff they say, listen to all the fucking it 70s albums it sounds yeah. natural it sounds how it should do you know I play yeah. a couple of absolute fucking stinkers but it's it's part of the fucking show, you know, like we jazz note there. <laughs> we jazz it. It was for a Freckfest in Irvine. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was yeah. So right so yeah right Duke's done. I take it you just don't. You just kind of hang about with folk for a few years. You're you're never you're never away for your pals. They are still making music, but you're not. Yeah. You are you starting to tour at this point in uh, terms of like yeah. Taking? I was doing like I was doing started off doing me driving jobs for people like yeah. when uh, Vans for Bands started. That was a band called Dive Dive. I was in it was my friend Tarrant. It was the bass player who's in that band with uh, Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls. He's one of the Sleeping Souls. Well, Mongo Hard. Oh, oh, he's one of the oh, right, okay, he's one of the right. Sleeping Souls. Right, he's okay. the bass player, but he's a he's one of the nicest dudes ever. He started advanced for bands with a wee bit of hard work and some investment from his mum. Mm-hmm. 
unfortunately, like the first van, he got the fucking engine blew up straight away. It was the worst time for him. But I went down and drove. I went to go down, get in one of his splitter vans, and drive a couple of bands around and things. And then, you know, working like the first one I did was an absolute fucking nightmare with a band called Cancer Bats. Oh, I like Cancer Bats. Okay. Yeah, they were just the worst people ever, though. Oh, it, was, it was quite good. Well, I think it was just. Well, I mean, I lifted the bass player's fucking 8 by 10 uh, bass rig down the stairs at the F, if anyone knows of it. And the. Um, and the what's it called? What they call bar flies? The bar fly in Camden. Um, so we, it's the worst kind of load out, load out ever. Washing cat house. Yeah, uh, kind of on a par, on a par with cat house, but it's like a spirally kind of staircase. And so I took it down about the back of the van. The fucking bass player comes out and goes, "Don't ever touch my fucking stuff again." Oh, I'm like, really? well, this is like three days. Is this into, guy? Three, three days yeah. in a three month tour. Oh, I think he's maybe even playing the drums in them now. That guy, right? They've fucking changed enough members and stuff. But it was basically a, like driving a fucking twelve hours to Oslo and going, "Where's the hotel?" And I'm like, "Oh, we don't have one." And I'm like, "Where are we going?" And I'm like, "Oh, some guy said that we could stay at his house." And this guy just got out of jail. After in Norway, you get fucked for like smoking joints and stuff. And this is probably two thousand and eight or nine. Guys have been busted. For having a joint, but the guy had cats, so he we went to this guy's flat. It's the day after he got out of jail, and it's just basically a fucking cat toilet. Oh, and they're God. like, and it's is like November in fucking so Norway. And stinking. So I got into the back of the splitter van, emptied my suitcase and all my clothes on top of me, and just like lay there, fucking freezing at like minus fifteen degrees in the back. Of, like, but getting paid like sixty or seventy quid a day or something terrible. Yeah, total baptism of fire. But then the next one I did was like. It was like the fucking complete opposite. It was a guy called Keller Williams, who's a singer-songwriter from the States. And he'd sell like 3,000 tickets when he was at home. But we were playing to like six people in fucking Brighton and stuff. Like, playing at like 10, 12 people in Glasgow and shit. But like, fucking, there's the credit card. We're staying in Sheratons and fucking Hiltons and all the mean, nicest yeah. places ever. And then fucked off to Europe with them for three weeks. Went and did a gig in Amsterdam and I... It was four days in Amsterdam, and I put my van in secure parking. I was getting paid, had all the weed I could ever wish for, and like a fucking festival going on as well. So just food, weed, yeah. music, and like getting paid to do it. Going, this is fucking, Class, this is yeah. great, you know. After like that, Cancer Bats tour was written by some Canadian guy. So we were going like from fucking Germany to Norway to then Sweden to then uh, back to Germany to then go to to like fucking some other Denmark. And then you'd go back into France and I'd go back to Germany. So I did 38,000 kilometres in three weeks. Wow. It was fucking horrendous. It was one of the worst things ever. And I wish them well now. I'm sure it was just us all being fucking young and naive or whatever. But um, then that Keller one of those things was great. And then I just kept doing wee bits like that. I got into doing crew work and stuff, like local kind of festivals, stage managing little bits and bobs at local things, like the Fretfest stuff I would stage manage. And then I got a call from Jim Prime, who was my lecturer at uni, who is actually the keyboard player in Deacon Blue. And he phoned me and went, can you drum tech? And I was like, yeah, and just but, which I couldn't at the time. And he was like, right, come down to York just now. Our guy's just slipped and fallen down the fucking stairs and hurt his back. And I was like, oh, that's fucking a nightmare. Okay, I'm on my way down. I just watched YouTube videos on how to be a drum tech on the way down. And then got, bang, to, bang, bang. Then got told by... Uh, Dickie Vipond, it was the best he's cutted ever. Oh, <laughs> he's ever really? sounded after the first gig. So I was like, oh, this is quite cool. Thank this YouTuber for that. Yeah, so I went, fucking, that was great. You know, that was, well, Jim taught me so much. He was like, right, artists are like cats. And I was mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? He was like, wait for them to come to you. <laughs> and I was like, all right, okay. 
So about four or five days in, like Ricky and with Ricky Ross and Elliot and Everine, sorry. Um, I was sitting in catering and they were like, oh, mate, come over and sit with us and talk to us. And then that's kind of, that's then I picked up become kind of pals with all of them and stuff. And we got included in this great wee group of people. And it was, it was great. It was brilliant. It was a great fucking, it was a great wee tour. I was just shite that, that fucking three days after I got back, my brother passed away. Oh, is it that was, what it was? Yeah, it was straight after. It was so, but it was, but that time that was fucking brilliant. It was great. I loved it. Um, first proper, like proper teching job that was professional. And then I got, and I did the vamps. My friend uh, that I'd worked with, played with in Hells for Heroes, we'd support Hells for Heroes, and Finn, who's one of the loveliest guys ever, just, he was like, right, can you come and cover me for a fucking shift? Oh, I did a band called Kong as well, I TM'd a band called Kong, and then decided tour managing wasn't for me, but I could get 50 quid less a day to not have to deal with fucking everything, like that, yeah. everything all the time, you know? But I just tried to fucking crack on, and keep involved, man, and eventually you just get there, you know? Eventually you start getting enough people that know you they'll go out there and like fucking Mike can do it he's quite a good crew guy so so when did um, medals come into it then did you just obviously you're still in chat with Dragon and then yeah. did he just be like start situations not doing what it's meant to be doing yeah and medals is like, happening let's do get, something the side thing yeah, yeah let's so do something all, all, medals was written during like the last kind of situation a lot eh? I, th- I don't really I think it was like Dragon just had a few tunes that probably started 2013 and he had some tunes and stuff and then we were just like Oh, fuck it. I was like, those are great. I was like, and I think during the time between like me leaving Sitio and doing Meadows, I actually got a chance to sit and learn how to play the guitar a wee bit better and learn how to play bass a little bit better because I actually wasn't fucking booking shows and yeah. doing everything else on top of it. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it, that's on. You know, I wanted to do it. And I was a wee bit, I was like, oh, this is going to happen again. Which I suppose why Meadows was quite a quick thing in and out because I realised again. When DF, I mean DF, God, I hope Dragon doesn't mind me saying this, but Dave from DF was like, oh, any support you kind of want, because we did a few touch gigs and mm-hmm. stuff. With well, the first gig you got was Biffy. Yeah. I mean, that's from friendships, obviously. Yeah, that was from friendships, and Simon wanted us to do well. Um, and then, with after, and then after, I mean, yeah, that's sorry. So, yeah, it was Biffy then, so we were doing, like, 2013. We did, um... Oh fuck! What was I saying there? Where were we? Sorry, I've totally lost my train of thought. No, it's fine. We're chatting about. Yeah, it's all because it's just like that. yeah, track. So yeah, talking about dragon. Um, yeah, so I kind of realised again the kind of pattern was coming back where we were getting offered loads of stuff and dragon was kind of pulling away a wee bit, like kind of like a dragon. We can go and do this. We've got this, and he's like Don't making wanna... an excuse. We're yeah, not ready. Yeah, yeah. We, you guys aren't ready for all this to happen, and I'm like. We'll get better yeah. as we gig. We oh, are totally, ready. Yeah. We're getting loads of stuff offered to us. And it was just like, right, he just doesn't want to leave the house. This is what happened mm-hmm. with Sitio again. He mm-hmm. just would love to. I think he would love to, but I think there's something maybe yeah. that holds him back a little bit from doing that, you know. And it was kind of me and Gus and Farmer were like, and Marianne was there as well, but the three of us were like, we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. We're not, we can't do this for about five or six years again. Mm-hmm. And then just be not getting anywhere because... We can't take these up. Like I would have been like, let's go and fucking tour now. I mean, the gigs are. Let's I go and get. We yeah. were getting offered like church. We were thinking we were talking about churches at fucking uh, at the hydro, like at hydro and stuff. Really? It was like, yeah. And then, then Dragon was just like. It was mostly Scottish no. gigs you did, really. It was. Yeah. 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 We with yeah, but we only did like six or seven gigs. And I was at four of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think. That, we, I mean, it was literally like the, the Twin yeah. Atlantic support. Yeah, three of them. You did the Biffy one. You did the the. Irvin one. T 
Tea in the Park. Tea in the Park. Uh, you did King not, Tuts, not and then bad. you did Inverness, <laughs> and then you did that after the Barrowland show. Yeah, we did that. It was and fucking then, rad. That, yeah, and then we did another one there, I think. But that got yeah, independent. GF got pissed off about that because we'd gone and done it with Cat House for CPL instead. Oh right. Um, so when we'd sold out Tuts, and then we went went and did a gig for another promoter. Was that a gig sold out? The King Tuts one. Was it mm. right? And then you did the independent venue weekend back at Broadcast. And that was the last one. No, but, yeah, no. that was the last yeah. one. Because then after was it that, known that was, at the time, did you know? Right, this isn't going to go. Well, Dragon had kind of put. Yeah, Dragon. I don't know if I should even say this, but Dragon kind of put an email around, thinking saying that you guys, are, we're not kind of ready for this and all this stuff. And I'm like, this isn't. You were tight live. I thought. Yeah, we were a great yeah. bad man. We were fucking brilliant. Um, and I don't like saying that. Like I've learned that when you get older. I'm like, actually, when I look back at Suchu and Marmaduke, or Suchu and, and Meadows, sorry, I just think that was fucking brilliant. You know, yeah. they were a great band. I'd love to do like a twentieth anniversary of Suchu, which is in two years' time. I think. Well, for random ra- ra- match, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, to possibly do that. But I would love to do that and get like fucking. See if you did three nights at Tuts, I think they would sell. I know. Maybe, uh, I, I think you'd so. have to do. You couldn't obviously do a massive UK tour. In no, it, I think we I think... could do London and Manchester quite you easily. Think, right, uh, okay. We could definitely. We did. We sold out Dublin Castle and London and stuff. And we, oh, were, right, okay. yeah, back in the day, yeah, we right, yeah. okay. we managed to do well. We'd always sell about 180, 200 to two hundred and fifty tickets mostly. Yeah. in like London, Manchester, and Glasgow. Yeah. So it'd be good just to go and fucking smash them all. or go and like do it because Hell's for Heroes are going out again. It'd be nice to kind of be good to kind of get support doing it with them. But I'm sort of because I'm such a uh, you know experienced crew guy now. I just wouldn't do it the same way. I'd be like, we need paid properly. Yeah. You know, I would just agree. We'd sell it. That's need to agree to like 150 quid for a fucking. You know, like, what what do I yeah, doing this? Yeah. You know, that's fine. So. It's good that you've got the experience now. So yeah. if you did it all again, you know what to look out for and you know how to to make it. I know how to make a better show as well. How yeah. to get all the right people in, you know. And I'm kind of, I've got enough contacts now that I know pals who loved such show that would come and do it. like guys who work for fucking like big big stars doing like lighting and fucking sound and stuff. I know they would come and just do it because I'd be bumping into folk man like. And they'd be like, oh, you were in such a panel. Yeah. I fucking loved that scene. Like, the drummer in Circle Waves. Like, I used to come and watch you at the forum. Oh, really? And all that stuff. And you can kind of hear it in some Circle Waves songs sometimes. Is, they are one of those bands that, like, that I know a few people um, that see when you love them, but they'll love them. Like, they'll do anything yeah. when, when whenever yeah. anything gets released or anything, they'll always support it and back it. And it, you can't buy that. You know what I mean? You yeah, guys yeah. cemented that 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Suchu would be the same band if you were all young and you started it now. Because yeah, you, yeah. you did the different type of graph back in the day. Oh. Like you said, doing the vans and doing all the shit, shit, all the shit Eight shows. people in a travel lodge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, it was fucking brilliant, though. It was exactly. Great, you wouldn't change it, but nah. you, couldn't, you couldn't redo it and it wouldn't be the same. No. But if you did another tour, like to, for a, like a 20 a year, oh yeah, fucking right. Yeah, big rate. Um, yeah. yeah, I need to get the fucking. We want to get the interest. Maybe do a festival or two or something. Hopefully, like a react tangent or something. You know, just have a wee run at it. Because yeah. you know, it takes time and effort to fucking do these things properly. Fergus is obviously doing great with his band Tideline. So, yeah, Fergus, uh, he's done. Yeah. He did a lot of session work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, his band, his Tidelines are doing fucking amazing. Swiss Roots. If it came back, would you? Oh, Would I be into it? I'd fucking do it. I'd be such a yeah. yeah, but I'd also want Spider to come and do some of the songs. I mean, right, you know, yeah. I mean, so I've been, split it. Well, I just wouldn't want him to feel kind of like I just came in. I mean, it was almost like that Meadows he was doing Meadows, and then I was like, oh, I'm interested in doing it. And then I got. What was, was Spider? Yeah, the first acoustic guy got the touch. He's playing it. He's playing acoustic guitar stage right now, but he was playing bass originally. And right, okay. The dragon was like, Are oh, you want to do it? And I was like, Fucking right, I yeah. do it. So I kind of snuck my way in and ended up doing it instead. And then 
I think, I think Spider was like, I can't, I don't, I don't really want to fucking play second fiddle to that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I don't, yeah. which is fair fucking enough, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of was my, wasn't really my decision to make at the time. I just wanted to play bass again. Um, and then, and yeah, I would, I would fucking love to, it would it'd be great to do something again, you know. I'd love, but I think if we did a switch thing, it would be like, Maybe did two halves, and I went and did fucking pain agency, and then Spider came and did random acts or something, you know, yeah, you know, something like that. Aye, that those two albums would be the the soul four. I mean, yeah. to be fair, I'll actually, play I fucking bongos yeah. in the background like I do with Bell and Sebastian. <laughs> you know, do you? Is that what you do? Like? <laughs> yeah, I'm one of, I'm a, it's funny. Our old production manager, Kenny from Bell and Sebastian. I've been touring with Bells for since 2016, and it's fucking they're like a family now. You know, I love doing it. But I quite often do a bit of background percussion and things. I do um, a bit of shaker, a bit of fucking tambourine, and I do some bongos, as Kenny says. Though I'm like the world's one of the world's most sought after bongophonists because <laughs> I've literally played like at the fucking Hollywood Bowl, the Chicago Theater, the Sydney Opera man. House. You know, I've yeah. played all these fucking massive, massive venues, but I'm just in the background. Yeah, Bongophonist, as I'm called. Is that what, is that what the name of it? <laughs> is it no, is it for a guy? It's just a made, up, it's a made up name by Kenny. I'm the world's leading Bongophonist. But yeah, but that, I bet see doing that, that actually gets a little bit of that kind of my performing playing, even though I'm outside, I can't see me really on stage most yeah. of the time. But I guess, oh, but I, you can be heard. Yeah, I'm just fucking smashing away <laughs> on bongos and stuff. It's good fun, man. Sweet. Well, uh, we'll finish it off with just like kind of capping off medals. Um, yeah. So yeah, disguises come out. Ram does really well. Yeah. Well, within the fan base, etc., and it gets well received, and it gets redone as disguised and dancer and dust and that. Yeah. So the last gig, you you remember doing it, uh, the one at broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was just after my brother had passed away. Yeah. It was about two weeks after. I'm sure a gig got cancelled at the end. You know, I mean to do like Inverness or something, and no, something got cancelled or something because. I don't know. Right, maybe well, I'm talking maybe, about maybe. something. Yeah, right. Okay. I think I did broadcast was about. I think it was only about two weeks after my brother passed away. It was mid February. Was it yeah, mid February? Yeah, I'm sure it oh, was. I thought it was January. Yeah, no, it's, or maybe it's January, but it was yeah. Yeah, um, I just kind of you know it was that that he's dragging his sentence kind of emails saying where oh, nobody's kind of quite ready for it. I had then lost my brother, and I really wanted to do it because I wanted a fucking distraction. I wanted to get away from it, you know. I just wanted to like push that with what was happening was away because my brother was my fucking best pal and my hero, you know. And I wanted to have something to concentrate on, and then it was like another kind of kicking the nuts on top of that to be then you guys sure you're ready for it? And I'm like, oh fuck, I'm not doing this thing again, you know. I'm not going through this whole thing again, so. It was kind of up. It was uh, it was probably me that was just it was me as well from being really upset and everything. But then it was just that letdown of that again. I was like, oh, this is fucking. I can't. I'm not doing it again. I was just like, and then and then Fergus was the same. You know, I think he was kind of with me, and I think Farmer to a certain extent was as well. Um, Marianne was kind of like an outsider. Yeah, she was a wee yeah. bit, but I think she kind of could see. It's like I don't know. I think she was kind of. She's I don't know. She was maybe like. She would take, she kind of, there's three of us kind of going, we've seen this happen before. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of, I mean, I wish I could have stuck with it, but you just can't. I just, he wouldn't, I just know he's not happy doing it, you know. I just think, you know, I wish he'd been like Brian from fucking the, uh, the Beach Boys, you know, write all the songs and send us out with some yeah. other fucking guy to sing them, you know. <laughs> I was just trying to try and get Dave Rossi to do it, man. Get, like, Dave, get Dave to do the medals. Yeah, get to go and sing all the fucking tunes, man. You fucking can sing painting it. some post notes on stage yeah, while singing away. Like a wee Bob Ross moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> singing, 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 sit back down, Janice. 
Oh Christ! Do you yeah. reckon there could ever be? I mean, uh, I mean, there's never thing. seen ever. I've got yeah. the itch again. Actually, it's been. I've got like the fucking ten year itch. I'm going to do something. Actually, yeah, fucking yeah. restrung my guitar the other day. Just like can like, fucking play something again. You know, I would be good. I would love. Even if me and Dragon just went out and fucking did something, you know. Even if it was like do a couple of nights in Glasgow, a couple of nights, and so it's not too far, and mm-hmm. try and fucking stretch it out wee bit by bit, because we could go and we make fucking money every weekend having fun yeah. together. You know, it'd be great. And he's such a fucking brilliant musician and such an incredible fucking songwriter. I know. And and such a fucking, he's just so good at it. And I just almost want him to fucking give it all to the world if he yeah. could, you know. And because he's just great, man. It's so uh, all right for some or put his songs out there a bit more. I know? mean, we get an album like every year, pretty much. Yeah, I know. Like I he's know. doing, he's working on Marianne stuff right now, and that's yeah. just kind of. He was telling yeah. me in Glasgow that's just kind of it's nearly done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously did Invisible's year before. Well, and he's that, asked and... me to come and play bass on one of the songs from Marianne and do a bit of singing on it. So we're going to try and do that in the next couple of weeks, and then that might hopefully start something yeah. that could be fun. Or we could even go out with Marianne. That'd be good. But... Yeah, she's playing with just... that. Oh, a country guy. Oh, uh, Cammy f- Barnes. Yeah, Cammy Barnes. Yeah. See, I pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know she. She put it on Insta. She's playing. I'm for Dunfermline, and she's playing in PGs around the corner for me. All right, okay. So I'm just gonna go to it then. Nice. Yeah, she's going to it. So right, but yeah, right. another very good musician. Man, oh, she's, she's great, man. Yeah. She's great. She's brilliant as well. She's had a bit of a tough time of it recently, and uh, me and my part, me and my fiance. I've tried to be supportive as we can with her, and, and we have been. I think this is all kind of getting some music out, really help with it as well. Mm-hmm. She's such a fucking great soul, and she's a great musician. And she's like, we went, we got a wee caravan with her, and because she's got a wee boy, and yeah. my kids came, and we all kind of hung out together. Oh, but nice. my daughter's learning the violin, and it's kind of always like, <laughs> this fucking torturous <laughs> scratching sometimes. But then Marianne. Sat and I was just sitting playing the wee guitar, bit of guitar in the caravan, and she started like just playing. Yeah, because she's classically even... trained and stuff. She's great, she man. Yeah, she's an amazing musician. Well, kind of chukter trained, I'd say. She she does a lot of chukter stuff, you know. Right. Uh, traditional. She's very. She does a lot of trad stuff. I think she went to like a proper fucking music school and things. Mm-hmm. But then, so she was patient. My daughter got her violin out, and she was like, "I'll oh, just play these log notes and stuff." Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Marianne's. Me and my daughter, who's dying, are playing a fucking song together, and I was like, Oh, I'm a new daughter. Oh, it's so wholesome. <laughs> He's a line. <laughs> <laughs> this is too fucking wholesome. Different trip I'm going to ruin this for everyone, <laughs> as always. Uh, no, um, no, she's fucking um, she's brilliant, and um, that new stuff that she's got coming out, I'm going to go and help. I'm going to go and help do a wee bit of stuff with it, and hopefully. I was asking for come and do a wee bit of help with like the, the mixes at the end of it as well and stuff. So I'm yeah. like, I'm actually want to go and do it, man. If I can find time to do it, I will go and do it. You know. The uh, first sing- uh, single wasn't called My Driver. It was the other one. I can't remember the name of it again because I've got recording here. I can't remember fucking That's anything. Right. Uh, so at my work, I work in like a kind of decent, nice hotel. Right. And all my music, so I get kind of control of the Oxcord, eh? And medals is one of three bands that I can play because they're, they're like acceptable. Like, I don't oh, get wow. called up on it. Oh, right, but, nice, yeah, nice. The start of uh, I got told the start of "Sit Back Down, Judas" was yeah. a bit was a bit too loud. But oh, that was really? that was it. Everything else was fine. That's not but, even that loud. Exactly, but, but for for where I work, so the other option is Ellie Golden and Erasure. That's it. So you're too close. I'm lucky. We're in a steam exactly. company there. What, what a what a combo. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, oh, I feel sorry for you, man. <laughs> I've sat back down Judas is too, too well, much that, I know that's oh, brilliant man. put on some suit I put on a we, we closed the bar and I put on a tire and no and it kind of oh, upset nice. my bit nice. so, wasn't nice. it yeah. I remember coming in 
to hear actually when it was the what was it the fifteenth anniversary of um of pain agency and I came in there was a girl working behind the bar and the place was completely empty and I was in with my mate um who was I in with? I think I was in with fucking uh, oh, my mate Cal maybe. And I sat there and I was like, Oh, do you mind putting this on? It's the fifteenth and there's nobody in. I was like, It'd be nice to hear it to the stereo. And she was like, Alright, okay. She was like, just any song or just shuffle. And I was like, it took us three months to decide on the order of that fucking album. How old are you? She's like 18. I'm like, this yeah. is a fucking she's from, Spot- she's from a Spotify <laughs> recommendation playlist generation. Three months to get the order of that fucking album right, and you're just like, in <laughs> the shuffle. shuffle. Oh, kids, was it the deluxe one too? It had like 39 tracks on it or oh, something. No, it wasn't, thankfully. Like it was just dirty, a, dirty, dirty, sick, sick, and oh, all yeah, that. That's fucking, that's a great song. Do, 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 you, know, do, um, do, do. you know, this is the B side on. Uh, random right, the, ult- the ultraist yeah, do, do, do. Yeah. so I used to work in a kitchen I used to play whenever I yeah, whenever I played I always played uh, the deluxe version and I worked in an underground kitchen waitresses would come down and like I, I don't actually mind half your music but that song does my fucking tits and oh, like really? they just do dum, do, 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 do. it's just um, a very it's just very like mundane kind yeah, of sound yeah, like yeah. don't know she's like yeah. dum, do, do, do. Oh, but I love her. it yeah fuck I fuck her, her man fuck <laughs> her <laughs> oh the words in that are great man except for the altruist it's brilliant there's no such Bitching thing as altruism you, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good there's, no there's no such thing as altruism it's impossible to achieve just all, all pond on that sick have we got anything else musical you want to talk about or anything you want to chat <sighs> shit about any no, daft stories I don't really fucking I'm, well I've got to go and pick up the bloody children in about uh, 25 we'll minutes up, and I've got my little cousin coming to visit later so yeah I things to do but swimming lessons yeah. to go to man it's all changed days these days man <laughs> I yeah, dropped my car in the bar I only got paid for parking I think I'm fucked ah oh, you're alright man are you sure right. nobody come around whereabouts did you leave it like it, and you know how this is like a side street like yeah. the wee horizontal spaces alright ok see, uh, oh, yeah, I've, you def- might. I've definitely got a wee yearly yeah, well, no, they won't, they won't, it's not, those are private car parks so oh, oh it's just, a private you're probably just clamped <laughs> uh, if it's a private <laughs> one that's fine it's fine, fine. It's just some fucking massive guy pissed off standing <laughs> oh, next to a no, guy right in cock <laughs> partridge Partridge cockhead or something like yeah. that. Was. I'm gonna walk out into that shoot. There's gonna be a fucking wing mirror for a Cleo line there as a message. <laughs> like, oh, fuck me. On oh, fucking bricks, man. You're in here now. I know. Uh, well, sake. a pleasure, man. Thank you for fucking having me. It was good. It was no, good like, thank you for doing this. This really wasn't any. If I get it's just chat about Duke Suchu or Meadows. Yeah, it's welcome, always, man. I'm hoping this as well. Like, I hope this the right people hear this, oh, and uh, hopefully it can. Who maybe are the right people though? Come well. The right people, like I don't know, like the right people, fans that appreciate it, fans that will listen and go, oh, like like you said, oh, you you were in Sutio twenty years ago, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just anybody. Can't it's twenty years. I, know, I still know. look fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the main thing. <laughs> I wear a duke mask on you, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Even dressed up nice for you in case there's a photo of happening. <laughs> there will be a wee photo, a wee oh, photo opportunity. Yes, always will. Yes, uh, yeah. But yeah, and I hope, that, and then hopefully maybe I don't know, like somebody listened to this, go, fuck it, let's just let's do twenty years. Uh, yeah, be great. Well, I mean, I've. Well, okay, I've, honestly, medals, I've yeah. said it to some of the reps up at Tuts and then up at um, up at DF and they've been I've been up at gigs and that and they're all like, let's fucking do it. Yeah, like they're keen as fuck to do it. So the the opportunity we want. Oh to yeah, do if it, it came out, we want to do it. We yeah. can do it. I think is the general. You've never consensus. done a podcast before, eh? No, no, no. I was mm-hmm. excited to do it. You're the only you're the only guest to reply to me saying, "Cool, I'll book the table. You bring the butt plug." <laughs> <laughs> you're the only. <laughs> I was uh, like, as soon as it does, I can. This cunt's gonna be good. Shit, too, so. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the butt plug, man. Still waiting. Fucking oh, there mate. it is. <laughs> uh, <we> go. <laughs> right, on that note, uh, oh, Mike, man. thank you so much, man. Pleasure, man. Pleasure. Thank you for having me.